Blog Talk Radio. Know that someone's loving you 
No matter how you say it Only matters what you do Each day please take the time To tell someone that I love you Life as an urban shaman and modern-day mystic. 
normally I ask myself, what is it like to be an urban shaman, to be a modern-day mystic? I mean, having access to ancient practices and still listening to hip-hop and house music. Well, you know, these are questions that not only I ask, but my peers and people who listen to me on the radio or watch me on YouTube or check out my website, and they ask these same questions, man. We want to get tapped into mysticism, but now in this modern day of iPads and touch phones and microwave ovens, how do we combine it? How how do we combine these ancient practices with this modern-day hoopla that we got going on? Time seems to be speeding up, but our envision of the guru and the shaman and the mystic is one who is just sitting still. And we're like, man, well, commercialism and capitalism, you got to move so fast and you you got to do all these things. How can I just sit still and learn that? But then when we notice, when we don't sit still, when we don't meditate, when we don't honor and respect our spiritual mothers and fathers and our ancestors and the creator from a spiritual sense, our worldly life is almost chaotic. It's almost chaotic. Violence, stress, anxiety, piss-poor relationships, low sexual energy, all of these things are happening, and we're like, wow, I want to incorporate it, but I'm moving too fast. Well, tonight, I'm very blessed and honored to have one of the best out here that's doing it today. Um, a brother who is, like, trained in these arts. And you know, all of my listeners know I'm very, very, very peculiar about who I choose to invite on the show and who I suggest that we listen to. But I always tell you, is the person tried and measured? You know, is the person walking the walk that they are, you know, that they're talking? Are they walking their talk? And it's just... It's been just a good time in these last, like, two or three weeks, how I ran into this brother. Uh, reconnected should be the proper words. Still haven't met him personally, but a very dear friend of mine was having a dream about some owls, and she had asked me about the dream, and I said, hey, I'm going to stay in my lane. I do a little dream interpretation, but maybe you want to check with Sister Myra. And so she said, okay. So she got back with me a couple of days, a couple of days later, and she says, have you ever heard of Shaman Derek? And I was like, nah. She was like, man, you got to check him out. She said, I hit him on Facebook, and this brother is like, he's got the A-list clientele. And I was like, well, he probably would tell me that I have to set an appointment. He's real busy. But he hit me back, and he really just gave me a very, very profound answer and went in and, like, comforted me and made me feel really good. And she just been talking about that, maybe what you might want to call a mini-reading that the brother gave her on Facebook about this dream she had ever since. And I was like, well, you're a very shrewd character yourself. Let me check out who this brother is. And I sent him a friend request. And then we started chopping it up, and it was a connection. I asked him to be on the show so I could have somebody who I can just really, somebody around my age. Now, I've had people on the show older than me. And then when I have people like a little younger than me, we don't really get to talk about mysticism and shamanism much. But, um, I've been talking to this brother about the last three or four days, like like we just old friends from distant galaxies. Like he crashed one UFO and I crashed another one, and we just meeting up. And, I mean, tonight we're just going to really have some fun. So I want you all to get on your feet, put your hands together 
for my man, Shaman Diaz. It's awesome, baby. Shaman D, how you feeling tonight, Lord? <laughs> I'm just loving you. It's amazing. You're so wonderful. You're such an you're such a wonderful speaker. It's 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 it's, it's brilliant. I love it. Fantastic. I'm doing wonderfully, absolutely wonderfully, and um, I just love everything that you said, and yes, we are, um, and have been, and will continue to be um, connected, so absolutely, and I say hello this to everyone This is a dream come true. <laughs> I say hello to everyone out there and give all the beautiful souls my love, um, my, my blessings of love, and just surround them with so much love, uh, because I love them all. And I'm just happy to be here with you and be here completely here in service and just honor you in this sacred moment. So, yeah, I'm great. <laughs> oh, man. The people, um, earlier today I was um, I was asking someone, I said, man, you going to check out the show tonight? He was like, yeah. I said, I, I went and checked out uh, Shaman Durick, and um, he seems pretty mellow. And I said, yeah, that's what I thought, too. I said, I, I, I was looking at his profile. You know, he's a cool, slick-back brother, looking good and everything, you know, dark skin, you know, about 6'2". I said, he looks kind of mellow. But once you start talking to him, boy, he can get fired up. So I said, you just make sure you call in tonight because uh, we got some surprises for some people. So, you know, we do have our mellow side, but I just want to just preview everybody that tonight, a part of the conversation that we're going to go into you might see some not so mellow sides of us tonight. What do you think, Derek? Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anyone finds me to be mellow. I think, like, I think it was kind of funny. One of my, uh, one of my friends was here uh, last night from Oakland, and he was saying like how I'm constantly blowing up spots. Um, but I like the idea of being mellow. I'm definitely mellow in my, in, in you know, in uh, the, the sense of my, the love and the energy that I give out. But I'm definitely a, a kind of ruffle your feathers type of shaman. I'm, I'm not into, uh, I'm not into petting the pooch or, or stroking people's egos. This isn't. There's no time for all that. We don't have time for that, as you know. For sure. Well, look. What I want to do is. You know, is I want my audience, you know, and maybe some of the people who just found you somewhere on Google, to get to know you a little bit better. So we're gonna like we're gonna rewind a little bit, rewind, select the rewind, rewind. So I want you to take it back to uh, maybe when you were three, four years old, and let people know a little bit about your background, where you come from, maybe country of origin. You know, your introductions. I know you speak uh, a couple of different languages. Just, just, just like bring us through. You know where Shaman Durek comes from, from the root. You know, we, if we want to understand the fruit, we got to get to the root. So introduce yourself to my audience. Tell us where you're from. You know how you got introduced to shamanism yourself. Maybe some of your background and some of your, some of your training, and then uh, how you got to where you're at right now. Okay. Yeah. So I was born in Sacramento, in California. Um, and I grew up in California and in also in Oahu in Hawaii. I, uh, my background is on my father's side of the family, uh, how I came into being a shaman, is that my great-grandmother was from Africa, and she was a medicine woman in Africa, or what you say, a, a, one of the tribal uh, shamans in the med- as, a, as a medicine woman. And then she was taken to, um, to Haiti, 
and lived in Haiti, and then from Haiti to New Orleans. And she was um, constantly, uh, how do you say, they called her, a, uh, in, in New Orleans they called her a spiritualist, but she always was who she is, which is had her, you know, her room where she did her herbs and worked with people and brought them on a wooden table and, you know, called on our ancestors from, and all the stuff that she learned as a little girl in Africa. And so basically um, she also talked, you know, to the family about her, you know, taking on that someone was going to take on her gifts and that there was someone that was going to be born that was going to take on her gifts and her skills. And the interesting thing is um, it happened to be me. And um, it skipped a generation. And through that generation, my family, my, um, my grandfather, who actually met my grandmother, which is the side of the family where it comes from, she, he was very uh, Catholic, and he saw, you know, he saw it as, uh, you know, um, growing up and uh, very, saw it as a very difficult thing because of the religion and because of, you know, what he um, thought the world could accept. And so, you know, my father, you know, being around my grandmother um, and always being there to help her mix her herbs and bring the people in and, like, put the different herbs on their bodies and release certain energies and spirits. And she used to rub her hands together. Her name was Mamal. And she used to rub her hands together, and she would smack someone. And if they had sickness or they had some uh, any kind of mental difficulty or anything, they would be healed. And uh, so, you know, my grandfather wanted for my for his kids, so he moved the family because he wanted to give them a normal life and kind of instilled within my dad that, you know, this is the way we have to get this out of our family because, you know, we have to, we have to fit into the world. We can't keep, you know, running around with talismans and shaking rattles and banging drums and making ointments and, you know, and doing all of these things, you know, we have to fit in. So my grandfather was Catholic decided to become Seventh-day Adventist and became a huge Seventh-day Adventist minister as well as my father. Now, my, when my dad met my mother, which is quite interesting, my mother is East Indian and Norwegian, and in her family there is a long line of, of you know, women in, in uh, what we call seers. And so she has the gift as a seer. And she remembers, she listened to all, you know, when she met my dad, she had all the story about, you know, this child that was going to be born. And when she got pregnant with me, she said to my family that I was, that, you know, that this child that was in her stomach was the next shaman in the family and that the roots have to continue. And, of course, my grandfather became very angry and upset and felt like, you know, called her the devil woman and that, you know, told her that she needed to go to church and, you know, give her life to Jesus. And my mom said, you know, she loves Jesus. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with what is. And so I was born. And when I was born, uh, my mom started, you know, remembering the things that my grandmother had told the family that was passed down in the generation of the signs of what to look for when the shaman would be born. And one of the signs was that I was going to have a birthmark on my left side of my body. And that birthmark is there. She also said that I was going to be a kid that would constantly be talking in difference about this world, such as, you know, not understanding the world and why it is the way it is. And my mom, you know, to this day, we told me when, uh, when I was a kid that I was in the crib and I would touch the wall and say, why, why solid? Why solid, mommy? Why solid? And I couldn't understand when I was like three, three or two years old, my mom said every time she took me out 
to do anything. Now, my mom never drove a car. She never uh, – she was the type of person who, you know, um, would have a bike. She had a bike. And she had a basket, and she would stick me and my sister in the basket, and she'd go down the street singing, and she sees the future, and she reads signs, and she's very powerful. It's kind of funny how my dad actually ended up with her. We talk about it to this day, and he said it was just in his roots that just, you know, gravitated to her. Um, and she, you know, I, she said she would take me, you know, with her, and I would walk, you know, I would walk up to strangers and put my arms around them and just whisper things to them, and they would start crying, and that was also one of the signs that my grandmother spoke about, that there would be a child who would have an immense amount of love for humanity and that it would be able to just go up to anyone as a kid and just um, affect change in their life. So, you know, and then this, the other signs were that I would see spirits and I would see energies and I would be able to feel people's pain. And uh, so, yeah, so when I was five, um, I remember being with a kid in school, this little girl that I used to play with, and uh, it was in uh, kindergarten, and I'll never forget the day I was out on the grounds with this little girl, and I touched her hand, and I saw her hair falling out, and I just remember screaming on the top of my lungs, and the principal and the teacher had to take me, had to come and take um, me to their office, and kept asking me why I was saying saying it over and over and over. So I called my dad, and my dad came and basically, you know, told me to to knock it off, or I was going to get it, and like, you know, I'm it, it's I'm, I'm creating problems. And I just kept telling him, you know, Dad, I I I can't, I can't, I keep seeing it, I keep seeing it. And you know, after a while, you know, my dad, my mom kept telling my dad, and my mother Varushka, she kept telling my dad that there. There's, you know, you, you can't, you, you know, as much as you don't, your father has programmed you to um, to turn away from your roots, that you can't. You can't turn away from your roots. And that you have to embrace that your son is the next shaman in line. And as much as you want to deny it, you're gonna, it's going to cause you a lot of problems because his powers are going to grow and you're going to be dealing with things and you're not going to know how to deal with them because you are not letting him go into his training and really learn about his gifts. And, yeah, so that's uh, where it started. So at age five, you know, my mom was already telling me what, who I was and then by age 11 and 12 is when I started doing my training. Mm. Now at twelve, your. I'm sorry. You're. Is it? Are you? Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear you. Okay. So at twelve, let's let's cover those two words, official training. So you got one through eleven. You know the family's bugging out. They're saying he's he's saying he's seeing things. We say we don't see them. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> and now. Uh, we're telling them to cut it out, and then the, the family is like, look, you, you know, uh, one is saying you got to support them, and one saying we can't let the neighbors know because we may, they may think we have a heathen in the house. So Exactly. That's right. You're you're right on point. And my sister and I used to call it the great divide. So you have and, – and actually it's kind of funny because the family to this day, you have the religious side of the family, and then you have the side that's, you know, kind of like – come to terms with who I am and what I'm here to do. And that my father has actually come to terms too, but that's another story because he had an awakening. But we can go into that a little bit later if you choose. But, yes, wow. continue. Okay, so 
I'm going to come back to the childhood thing as it relates to modern-day shamanism and the indigo children and the crystal children that are being born today wide open. They're coming in with their foot mashed, the gas all the way to the floor. But I want to talk first about what was the first step of your training? Did you get initiated? Did somebody drop you on your head? Did you fill out an application? <laughs> you know, what well, was... I would, I would honestly say my first training was during through the process of getting to um, age 12 and 11 was my mother. And she's always been uh, an amazing teacher for me as well because she's a seer and because she can communicate to the spirits as well. And then I also have certain guides that came in when I was really young. And these guides that were there um, are very powerful as well. They, they're all, a lot of them are ancient shamans and um, different uh, teachers from different tribes and, you know, that have come in. But my physical training first started with Princess Susan Radich of Croatia. And I'll never forget because she had um, one of those cars with the flags, you know, and like uh, from her, you know, her royalty and pulled a car over. This guy gets out in a black suit. She actually said, he says, come to the window. Princess Susan wants to talk to you. I go to the window look in the windows, this woman, she's all, like, dressed and swathed in all this kind of, like, like almost like silk and garbs and, like, beads around her neck, like, lots and lots of beads. And I looked at those beads, and I, like, pointed to them, and I was like, there's spirits in those beads. And she was like, yes, these are my Alekas. And I was like, okay. And then I'm a kid. I'm watching her. And then she looks at me. She, she's like, show me your hands. And she shows, I show her my hands in the window. And she says to me, you have immense power. You've come to help so many people. He, she goes, I want you to come to my home. I want you to come with me. I want to start training you. And, that, and then she's like, you need to, I said, I need to talk to my father. And she said, I will speak to your dad. And basically she came over with like her and her little bodyguard and, you know, everything and spoke to my father and my dad you know, at first he laughed and thought it was funny, and actually we talk about it to this day because he thought it was kind of crazy. But then all of a sudden he kind of came to his senses, and he just was like, look, as long as it doesn't interfere with his school, you know, he can come over and, and train with you. And then began our training. Now, um, a lot of people, when they hear the word uh, shamanism, they think, one specific type of shamanism. Um, was that what you experienced, or what was the uh, degree or type of training that you, you know, what was it? Was it from a um, was it from a Celtic tradition? Was it from a Haitian tradition? Was it from? It was a from a Haitian tradition, and it was also. And then, as I got older, I met with other different shamans around the world that in you know invited me into their their traditions because I didn't want to be just one shaman that is operating from one perspective and I didn't also want to be a person who wasn't operating from a religious perspective as well because I didn't I didn't want to be just a, like I have a lot of friends who are shamans and like if I go to Peru or I go to Belize or the Congo or anywhere and these shamans that are there that is what they know if I start talking to them about Judaism or if I start talking to them about sorcery or if I start talking to them about metaphysics or Christianity or Baha'i or Rusa Christian or anything else, 
it doesn't make any sense to them. But for me, I knew something inside this voice, my guides, actually, thank you, they want me to spread, my, my guides, the ones that I told you about, these ancient shamans that work with me, told me that I had to be able to learn from all types of situations of people because I am a shaman in the urban world. And the responsibility that is placed on me from the spirit world is so much more placed on me than it would be someone who's in the jungle only dealing with the spirits in, in nature and the plant spirits and, and, the, and the lessons and the knowledge of living in harmony with the earth based upon where they are, be it in the Andes or the jungle or, you know, the desert um, or swamplands or wherever. I'm in the metropolitan world, and in the metropolitan world there's different types of spirits. And there's different types of people. And so it's not like you're – you know, it's not like you're getting someone who's coming to you to where your location is and being like, oh, okay, well, I'm coming into yours. So if I'm, I'm coming into your energy and what, you know, what, what your tradition is and what, you know, what your whole cultural system is based on and the anthropology and everything that goes along with that, I'm actually, you know, I'm in the world where all types of things are existing. So my training didn't just be, you know, begin and stop there. I wanted to make sure, because what my guides were telling me and what my mother was telling me and what every teacher that I met was telling me was you need to continue on and the next teacher will present themselves when, when you're ready. And so it kind of, my whole life just went in that sequence. You know, I just went from, you know, from her training, which was really intense. Um, and, and, you know, and, and honestly, like for me, and I tell this to people because I meet a lot of people, you know, and I'm traveling. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I took a drum course or, you know, I took a, 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 a shaman course at some kind of retreat up in the mountains. And all they've learned how to do is throw stones on the ground and beat some drums and burn some sage over you and do some extractions. And I'm like, that's great. That's a watered-down shamanism. But, you know, being a shaman, I mean, you're reaching into very ancient energies and the, the level of uh, clarity, the level of discipline, the level of um, surrender, the level of devotion. You know, I'm not like a shaman and I have a job working at a mall. Or I'm the shaman who, you know, has some kind of side thing. Like I eat, sleep, breathe being who I am. So when I, when I, you know, made that choice at 12 years old, it wasn't like uh, – you know, I'm going to do this. I mean, of course, I've done, experienced other things because there's been points in my life, in my training, where spirit has asked me, okay, you're going to do this so this can get you here. And I've, I've done that. However, that wasn't the whole of who I am, you know. So it's like you're, 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 there's a devotion that goes into service, to being a server. Like, you know, like how someone feels like when they're in a, working at a restaurant and they're serving someone food. And the way in which that server serves that person creates the, um, you know, the, the, the level of honoring and, and, and nobility that, you know, that you're, you're creating for the person who's being served. It's like you're, you're putting yourself in any kind of service. You know, it's like Mother Teresa serving and, and helping with people with leprosy. There's a certain devotion and a certain surrender and a certain sacrifice that you make so that you can be at the highest level of service. And that's, and that's really the path of a shaman. It's like when it's, if the spirit said to me, go to Mongolia tomorrow, I wasn't questioning it like, oh, why am I going to Mongolia? Or why am I going to Israel for all these years? Or why am I going to live in Turkey? Or why am I going to Egypt? Or why am I going here or there? 
It's I'm going to go because that's what spirit's asking me to do. So my mm-hmm. life is not, it's not my life anymore. Yes, I have things that I want to experience and, and things in, you know, to, to be a part of this human experience, but my life is, in, is, 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 in, is, is, is God's life. It's whatever source, it's the, however you want to interpret the divine, it's whatever source is telling me where I need to be, that's where I'm going to be. And you know you got to take you got to there's a certain level of uh, you know a lot of things that a lot of things that you know with human beings on the planet you know a lot of human beings don't want to do it the source's way they want to do it their way and when you're when you take the path of a shaman you you are a server you are here to serve people if serving someone means that I have to wash their feet wipe their ass. Wipe their snots if they throw up on me during a treatment and, they get, and it gets in my mouth or whatever. It doesn't matter to me because I'm not looking at it from, you know, I had a situation where a guy was, I was doing a cleansing on him. And, you know, so a lot of my clients will cough up poisons and he was throwing up. You know, in, in, in the jungle, you're, I mean, you don't care. If, if you have to roll in the mud, someone's throwing up on you, it doesn't matter because you are a shaman. And you are able, you are, you go beyond, you know, you know, you go beyond what is, what is, uh, what people call love. You take love to a whole different level. And that takes time. That's why you train for so long because you have to break down parts that, you know, that are there. That's why I was really happy that I, it happened at a very young age for me because I had to break down certain things inside of me that are so easy to want to grab onto for protection and find that the only protection that I have is my love and my connection to the divine. Because once I'm in that, there really is no need for protection. It's not about protection. It's about being present and being in service and realizing that, you know, this is where I'm at. And if I walk into the middle of a war in Israel I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get blown up by a bomb. I'm sitting there thinking about being of service. Mm. And that's why you have – that's why I tell people, you know, it's not so much about taking a drum course as it is about learning the certain techniques. You know, shamans teach you different techniques, not because it's like you have to learn these techniques because you become a shaman. It's like it's about teaching you discipline and compassion and the ability to put aside judgment and to be able to be a clear vehicle so you can hear the spirit speak to you without any kind of, uh, um, you know, any kind of static or any kind of, you know, putting your own words in there or anything. You've got to be completely available. And to get to those places, you have to literally, it's like restructuring your whole entire inner being. It's like sometimes I thought I was going crazy. And then I knew that I was on the right path because the crazier I felt, the better I felt. Exactly. So now you you already got me riled up on like three topics. I can only do one at a time. <laughs> Isn't that so, always how we are together? <laughs> it's, hey, that's how hey it gets popping. So my job as tonight, I'm still your I'm still your brother, but I still got to put on a great show, and we're doing it. So I got to maintain my composure for a little bit. You can or you can lose it. I'm gonna just hold on for a second. At least That's in the first right. hour, I'm going to maintain my composure, and then maybe in the second hour, you maintain, and then I'll lose it. But right now, I want you to stay right in that same energy, and I'm going to stoke the fire some, and I want to talk about the charlatan, 
because there's so many charlatans out here that's posing as shamans and letting people think that, oh, it's just as easy as getting a weekend course. When I was studying with Sunyata Saraswati, he said, you'll never get it over the weekend. He said, because I'm not even designed to tell you everything in a 48-hour period. It's impossible. But now you have these, these charlatans out here. I want you to... Because this show is a solution-based show. We mm-hmm. give people, we take from the high level to the eye level and give them something that they can use immediately. I want Absolutely. you to tell my, my listening audience, how can they tell the real from the fake? Now, originally, they should be able to hear the passion in your voice. They should be able to hear the love in there. They should hear the extra mile. But I want to hear from you with your background, how does Shaman Derrick decide and discern whether somebody is the real deal or whether he's posing as a charlatan. Right. Well, you know, there's different types of charlatans. Um, you know, I, going back to what I was saying as far as, uh, you know, um, my first teacher, Susan Radich, she, you know, one of the things that I trained with her was, um, you know, we had to, she taught me a lot about um, people who use their powers to, to manipulate and hurt other people for gain, you know, and so forth. And when I trained with the gypsy um, elders, you know, they taught me a lot about their culture as well. And what I've learned about charlatans is it comes in different disguises. You know, a char- a, for instance, a shaman charlatan would basically, and this is kind of, and this is something that I formulated as what I, what I see and what I, sh- uh, t- you know, my students who've trained with me in shamanism and are continuing training with me years later, it's about really having the discernment, but it's also about what you're feeling. Now, when it comes to shamanism, the first thing I always tell people is, did you feel something, okay? Because true spiritual evolution is going to ruffle your feathers. It's going to put a fire up in your ass. It's going to make you feel like you just got ripped apart and put back together with love. It's like the way one of my uh, doctor friends says it best is that it's like someone's operating on you with a scalpel and I'm shaking a rattle so you don't realize that you're actually being cut open. But you feel it. I haven't had one person who has come and worked on with, a, on with me in a session who hasn't felt something. When you're just going, I see people go doing, okay, I went and practiced in the mountains and learned all this stuff, and then I watch what they do, you know. They lay someone on the table. They burn some sage. Okay, great. What's the sage for? Oh, they're burning the sage because it cleans all the energy and the spirits. Okay, let's go with that. Let's go with this. Okay, what else? <laughs> all right, so now what are we going to do? Okay, so now they're going to fan your body and put crystals around you. Okay, that's nice. Okay, now they're going to chant some, some chanting over you. Okay, all right. Now, most times when I see that, people are either sleeping or they're in this relaxed state, and then they get up and they're like, oh, I felt so relaxed. You felt so relaxed. See, in shamanism, you don't feel relaxed. When you're dealing with the real deal, you don't feel relaxed. It's not my job to make you relax. It's my job to get you into your authentic core. It's my job and when I say job, I mean service because I'm a server, is to get you into the place 
where the truth of the divine is reverberating through every part of your being, the ultimate truth of who you are, and every lie that you tell yourself and every lie that you believed in gets shattered right there, and you feel it on every cellular level of your being, being restructured, recreated, and the whole matrix of your being is put back into a different order where you get recalibrated, and then you come back into yourself. And let me tell you, it's not uh, a relaxing, like you're having someone fan over your head, you know, and, uh, and splash some water on your face, and then you're, oh, I felt wonderful, I feel so grounded. You know, to me, that's just a bunch of new age blah, blah, okay? To me, it's, it's like, you know, seriously, if people want to have the fairy tales and the bunnies and, the, the, you know, and, and, and all that fluff, there's a lot of people out there selling fluff. But is that the stuff that you want? Because is that the stuff that's going to get you to realize? I honestly believe, and this is something that I have taken in to what my training of all the people that I got to work with, and I even have odds with some of the people that I work with because I even think they're a little too much. Because I even get into situations with other shamans who want to tell me how it's supposed to be. I'm like, thank you for the training. I'm going to take these tools and I'm going to use these tools and put them in the way that that source has brought me to be forth, which is coming from a place of unconditional love. So I'm not here to beat up on you. I'm here to empower you, but it may feel like you're getting beat up on some level because of the things that have to come undone in order for you to be rebuilt. And so when you get to that place, you begin to feel the transformation that's taking place. That's why when I tell people when they have these grateful journals, these gratitude journals, or, oh, I'm grateful for my, 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 my latte. I'm grateful for my husband's new job. I'm grateful for my kids having honor roll. Well, of course you are. That's why it's happening. But where real transformation comes in is when you are grateful for your abuse or grateful for your discomfort that you went through or grateful for the person who hurt you or grateful for the job that you lost. Because then you begin to see how spirit is actually working in your life to perfect your life in a way that makes you have more authenticity, more connection to your ultimate core truth, where you are living in that principle. Therefore, the universe can bring all that you ask for ten times more than you could even think about it. That is how you know the difference with the shaman. Now, I have beliefs around psychics as well. I think psychics are wonderful. There's a lot of amazing psychics, but do take an understanding that when you're working with a shaman, shamans don't operate from the very psychic. We, have, we learn years and years of divination, everything from runes to tarot cards to rock throwing to skyring to water reading, leaf reading, tree reading, bone reading. I mean, the list goes on, okay? Divination has so many ways. I mean, there's things I've learned from living in Turkey learning how to do coffee readings and tea readings and, you know, but divination in itself is basic connection to where you are right now. Whereas in old world shamanism, we know that the universe isn't fluctuating on a linear perspective. That means that everything is moving quantumly. Quantumly means that every possibility exists, and therefore, if it does, it is for, my, for me to serve you at the highest level is to look at the possibility of what you're asking where it exists, find out what that existence is, what you're doing in that existence, and then get you to do it in this now moment. So therefore, those two energies collide into oneness, and that now becomes your now. 
So people, you know, the, the idea of being a charlatan, you know, it depends upon are you are, – charlatans are people who are working towards one purpose, which is they want something. And it can be, you know, uh, money. It could be fame. It could be, you know, all of these things. It's not about those things when you're working with someone who's coming from their, their core place. Because if you're coming from your core place, and you'll know, because I, I get clients who come in and they go, okay, wow, that's how much you cost to see you? Well, yes, because I'm very busy. However, if you, like I have clients who, a woman who lost her house and, you know, her and her kids were homeless, you know, you're getting it pro bono. This isn't about, this is about me serving you. What do we got to do to make this get you to where you need to go? This is how you know. Whereas charlatans, they won't, that won't even come up in their thoughts. The idea of service is distorted. The idea of service is serve me. You serve me. You hear what I'm saying? Clearly. Clearly. That's the that's the distinction. Is it That's the distinction. The, the authenticity is the service. Listen everyone, when you hear the service, then you're hearing the authenticity. Like for me, and this is, uh, and I'm trying to knock this. I don't really like it. Like I have girlfriends who make jokes about me, and they say, "Oh, you're a Facebook shaman because you give them too much of your time. Stop giving them all of your time, because at times I'll get drawn in, and I try to. There is an issue. I have an answer to a technique, and I'll just be pulled into it, and." I am a feather ruffler extraordinaire. If nobody yes, you knew. are. I, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be agreeing with me that fast. Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. He was like, yes, Oh, trust me. I know who you are. Please. <laughs> so, and I mean, even when I try to be my nicest, today I told somebody, I said, you know, you're a runner. You know, your technique. And they were like, you know, you're kind of rude. Maybe you should, like, back up and try to come in and be a little more warmer. I was like, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm not here for that. You know what I mean? And I was like, there's tons of people out there. And people were like, well, I'm a coach too. Now, when I say I'm Coach Kair, it's because I'm on the East Coast. And the East Coast is Bible Belt Central. I'm talking mm-hmm. about this the headquarters, brother. This the headquarters. And I understand the shamanistic roots that I have from way, way back up until a few minutes before the show. I was talking to a shaman like at 9 o'clock. I had to get off the phone with him and his wife to call in my own show and just to be and show some gratitude for his ruffling my feathers because he's not, we're very cordial in public, but behind the, you know what I'm saying, behind the behind the curtain, he's like, you know, you got to get that homework done, right? You got to get that done, right? <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm going to get it done, you know? And I love that. That's the thing that I'm thankful for is that somebody will stay in my ass to make sure that it's perfect. Not when you build the entire puzzle and then there's one piece that's left out and you say, well, it looks like it is on the cover of the box. Nobody knows. I'll just hide this piece. You know your angelic guides know they're watching everything you do, and that's the problem. With, well, for me, I get so ticked off by people trying to take shortcuts. 
Sonata used to drill in our heads every day. There's no shortcuts on the spiritual path. There's no shortcuts on the spiritual path. A young lady came to me one day and she said, I want you to come and um, I I do I, I, I teach relationships and I want you to come and I'm going to be doing like some uh, erotic poetry and I want you to come and do a demonstration about the tantra and making making someone orgasm you know without touching them or maybe I could just come over to your house for thirty minutes and you can show me how to do it. I said what? They said yeah I'm a quick learner. I said did you just say you're going to come to my house and I'm going to show you how to do something that took me six or seven years to learn and you're going to learn in thirty minutes? I understand where you're coming from, and I want to share something with you, brother. The thing is, right, it upsets you because you have put all this time and energy and devotion and love and passion and discipline into gardening, gardening, I'm going to say that word, whatever, I'll use a different word, Uh, bringing in that, that level of understanding of what it is that you are learning and and developing within yourself to be where you are. And so you feel, because you put in all of that, and you put all that energy, and you did all that, and someone wants to come and say, well, you know what, I want to get that information too, okay? You know, there's a, I I, I love this, there's a one, there's a one of the, the, you know, the the scriptures in the Bible, I you know, I, I look at everything from the wisdoms that it teaches, and it's talking about how, you know, one of the workers, uh, this guy had the people working, and he was paying them what they, you know, their their wages for their work. And, you know, the, the one of the, the, the people who were there who has been working a long time were getting paid, and then there were people who came in who worked very little, and he was paying them the same. And you know, and there's a there's a lesson there because the other people thought that they should get paid different from the other people because they put more time and energy and effort into it when these other people just came in and just you know just wanted to get the same pay that the other person put in for all the effort and time that they put into it. And you know, the the value of that is this belief system that we hold on to. Do I believe as a shaman that people should put the energy and the time into things if they value it? Yes, but I also believe that there are some people in life who've come to set the preparation for that to be present, you know, and there are some people who come in and get that information a little bit easier than the ones who had to lay the groundwork done. Now, I understand why it's upsetting you, but I always say this. If someone wants to take the easy path and that's what they want to take, let them. They will learn if they do not have the information and the knowledge and the discipline, all the things that they need to where they want to get. They will see, oh, wait a second. You know, I get clients this all the time. I get people who come in and say, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this, and they come in and they meet with me. And then I tell them what the spirits are telling me, and I tell them, you know, and share with them what's happening. And they're like, but I did all this work. I don't understand why this is still here. And I hear that a lot. And I say, well, yes, you did do all that work. Now, are you ready to do the real work? Are you following what I'm saying? Totally. Totally. But, you're, but, you're, but letting them, let them, let them. Don't let it bother you. Focus on the things that you have to focus on. Let them do that. They want to take their weekend drum course? Take your weekend drum course. However, the results, you know, I say the fruits of your labor will show because the way you plant the tree, when you put the seed in the earth and you water it, 
and you look at the strength of the root of the tree and the trunk of the tree and what the tree is producing. And someone says to me, well, Shaman Dirk, you know, I did this course in the weekend. I went on this mountain, took this other course, and, you know, I'm growing this shaman tree too, and how come, I, how come I'm not getting any fruit like you get? Because you, 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 didn't, you didn't prepare the ground. You didn't uh, spend time nurturing that seed in a certain way because you thought you'd just throw it in the ground and it was just going to grow. You, didn't, you turned your back on it while you were out hanging out with your friends. That tree needed love. That tree needed devotion. That tree needed nurturing. That tree needed new nutrients that you didn't have available because you thought the only nutrients it needed was a certain mineral, but you didn't realize that this tree needs more than just that mineral. You would have got that if you would have applied yourself to really being aware of the value of what this thing is that you're growing. You see, and the people, some people have to go through that, Kair. Some people have to go through that. Unfortunately, they do because that's going to help them to learn and teach other people. Oh, yeah, I tried to do it the easy way. Oh, let me tell you what happened. You know, I have a lot of students who've done that. And now they're the greatest powerful students who are now teachers traveling the world and teaching people what I trained them when they thought they had it all figured out when they got to me. And now they're like, whoa, wait a second. And they know how to explain it because they were there. So when they come across someone who just wants to get it quick and easy, you know, they, what I call, you know, the, the, the fast, the fast, they're like, you know, like your fast food lane, you're very quick. They go, oh, I know why you're doing that. You're doing that because you want to get to the finish line. You think there's a finish line. See, what people know is when you take a path of devotion to service to source, there is no finish line. You didn't hear Martin Luther King say, and I'm going to get there, and I'm going to be there with you, and we're going to celebrate in this symphony of brotherhood. No, 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 no. He said, I may not get there. And when he said those words, it struck deep. Because what he was saying to you is, I'm not doing this to get to the finish line. I'm doing this because my heart tells me to. But you will get to reap from it. You will get to experience it. And just the knowing that I'm just putting my energy towards what my heart is feeling strong and passionate about, that's all that's needed. That's all that's needed. That's the example, because and 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 for me, well, you know, we react. I'll, you know, as an astrologer, I'm sitting here listening to you read your chart. I told you this the other night. I said, listen to this guy just read his chart to me. He, he's just reading his chart. You know, talking about he's a Capricorn rising. You know, Capricorn rising, a Sag rising with that stellium in Scorpio, and it just the distinction. All snowflakes are cold, though. Even though each snowflake has his own particular pattern, they're all cold. They're all cold and they're all light, you know? And mm-hmm. as 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 I appreciate what you're saying, both of us as, as shamans and healers and modern-day mystics, we're, we're hitting and, and we're falling slowly, or even if the wind is blowing, then it's a blizzard. You know, we're participating, um, and we... And, and and we get that mirror effect from one another. That's why we have that connection like we got. You know, you're the, I'm the 17th. You're in November, I'm in May. You're saying, hey, let them learn. And me, I'm at the door like, man, I ain't letting nobody come in here who's not taking their shoes off. You know, that's the right. protocol. <laughs> you know, what do you mean? You know, but now. But do the, you realize that work, you're representing, you're representing a huge part 
of the healers and mystics and even the shamans in the jungle that were my elders and teachers have the same thing, is that they are upset with humanity. They're disappointed. <laughs> They're frustrated. Talk about, talk about Kair and your teachers. I'm not one of your teachers, but I'm frustrated like your teachers. Talk about that. Because yes. that's who I learned. <laughs> Everyone is frustrated who is in that world because they see things that other people don't see, and they want to help. And when they see people doing things that are not moving in the past, and this is not just even just with teachers and shamans and mystics and healers and so forth. This is people in their normal lives. How many times have I heard one of my friends say, you know how many times I tried to help that girl and she's still doing the same thing? Oh, she gets on my nerves. Really? She gets on your nerves? She's getting on your nerves. God, you just read me. God, you just read me. Where's the compassion? Where's, let, where's being a being? You don't see angels and guys and masters being like, you know what, seriously? We told you 5,000 times not to go down that path, and you went down that path anyway. We threw with you. Let us go over and help somebody else who really wants to hear something. (laughs) (laughs) No. That's not how we operate. We don't operate like that from the light. We operate from a place of love. Even if you're walking off that cliff and that's your decision, we still love you. We'll give you the information. We're not going to fight with you. We're not going to argue with you. We're not going to go into war with you to get you to hear us. All, even when my clients come in, I get clients who come in, CEOs, different people come in, celebrities, or they're, they're definitely they're the, they're the ones who have to like come in. They think they can tell me something. Oh, you know this and you know that and you know who I am and you know I have this status that I have to, this is the reason why I act the way I do because everybody wants a piece of me. And I said, okay, that's what you want. You want everybody to want a piece of you. you. You you feel like this is all the things you want to do. And I tell them exactly what's going on. And they're like, nope, 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 nope. I don't resonate with that. I don't get that. You don't see me sitting there being like, what do you mean you don't get that? What are you wasting my time for? No. I'm like, the reason why you don't want to get that, sweet child, is because of the fact that you want to be comfortable with where you're at. But are you really comfortable? Because you don't look comfortable. But if this, is, if this is too much information for you, you know, there's tons of people with neon lights in the window that you can go pay for who tell you you have a curse, and, and you can go from there. But I'm here to serve you to honor hmm. your ultimate truth. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to debate with you. I'm not going to argue with you because all debating and arguing means is that I'm not standing in true who I am. Like when I have my friends who are very religious – because I'm a minister, and I sit down with them, and they try to argue with me about the Bible because they feel like, I can't believe you would go through all this training, learn about religion, and give your life to Jesus Christ and all this stuff, and here you are still choosing to be a shaman. I'm not being like, like they're ruffling my feathers. Yeah, ruffling my feathers. I know who I am. When they start yelling, I say, why are you yelling? Why are you getting so upset? Are you not clear with who you are? Because the only reason why you're getting upset is obviously because you're not clear. Like you have to, you have to prove a point to me. You don't have if you if you're if you're solid within God, you don't have to prove a point. You didn't see you didn't see Jesus running around through from village to village, from nate from tree to tree, from forest to forest, screaming at the people. Or when when he went to the rich people and he was talking to them and they're all laughing while they're drinking their wine and being debaucherous and laughing. Ah ha 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 ha! 
Look at him. What has he got to say? He wasn't like, why aren't you listening to me? You're so disrespectful. You're so this. No. He's like, well, I've come to bring you the, the message, and it's your choice to receive it or not. I love you regardless of what choice you make. Even if you make the choice to strike upon me, I still love you. Because the thing is, when I have someone sitting in front of me, Kair, and they're cursing me out, because I get cursed out. I get, I get cursed out. I've been called MF, this thing, that thing, under the sun. No way. Big words no that way. I don't even no know. Way. Not Shaman Not Shaman Derek. Not Shaman Derek. No way. No way. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I get cur- I remember one time I had a friend in a, a house who was a student, and they were um, doing their homework that I gave them, and they were in the room, and one of my clients was in the room working with me. And the student said, I can't believe how much that client was cursing at you. I said, I know. Wasn't it great? <laughs> he said, what? I said, see what you learned? How wonderful was that? He goes, I don't understand why you think that's wonderful. That's so disrespectful. You're so, they should be honorable to you, the fact that you're even spending this time with them. I said, oh, no, that's, that's wonderful. They're releasing poison. All that cursing and all that stuff coming out, that's all the poison that's been eaten at their body could cause them cancer, could cause all kinds of problems. You want to get that stuff out. I'm happy they chose me to be the one to curse at. Because mm. I'm not Someone here to com- sit here in judgment. You see what I'm saying? One with compassion. Just right now, okay, I got to talk to my audience for a second. Go get a glass yeah. of water. Let me, let me talk to my audience for a second. I got to talk to my audience. My audience. The coach in class right now, the coach is learning a lesson about compassion. Because all of my spirit guides right now, he's he's speaking, Derek is speaking from his heart, but all I'm hearing is look at the coach. Because me, I call myself a master student. A lot of people say, oh, Kyrie, you're a master teacher. I say, man, I'm nice, but I'm a nicer student than I am a teacher. I love teaching. But when I get in the when I've been in the presence of someone that I can learn from, I'm like Will Smith on the treadmill. I will kill you if you try to outrun me. If you try to be a better student than me, you're going to die because nobody's a better student because I understand humility, and that's what I'm practicing right now, gaining this wisdom that you're sharing about compassion because when that person's cursing you out, Kair, with my martial arts background, is saying, you know, two more curse words in my house, and I'm getting ready to put this, you know, something getting ready to happen. You know, I can stop you from talking right now. I can make you start searching for your breath. But, like you said, it's so good that you can talk to me. I have love for you and compassion. Because if you was in the street talking and cursing to someone like that, they would go and pop the trunk. And when they pop the trunk, they're not coming back with compassion. And they're gonna and they're gonna take your poison and they're gonna and, and, and they're gonna give it back to you immediately. But that's the purpose of my training is to be able to help a person heal. I I can't heal a person, but I can help a person in their healing process by guiding the poison out from them. Even if it appears to be to, to me or to others that is coming at me. I love I, don't, I can't think of my man's name, but he wrote the four agreement. He said, uh, yeah, don't take it personal. I know who you're talking about. Don't take it personal, but always do your best. And that's, Don Miguel that's Ruiz. 
Tadal. That's why I mess with Shaman Derek. Everybody, he's smarter than me. He can he's got great memory. He stopped smoking weed a long time ago. I stopped, so you know, he's got be better memory than mine. But anyway, um, that is the that's the piece. Don't take it personal and to do your best and showing your best. What is your what is your best at all times? This brother had a had a kidney uh, failure and was still willing to be there to offer prayers for people. Still saying, yo, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, I'm a little afraid right now going to the other side. Yeah, I'm a little I'm trying to fight it right now, but he was still doing his best. And those angel spirit guys saw that and said, You know what? That's too much heart for us to take to the other side. If he's got that much heart, then let's let him sit there. You know, and and and, and, and when you taste death and when you go to death door, we're gonna talk about that in a second. But when you really get to that level, then you start to get that particular understanding. Kai speaks to the point of, I remember when uh, Sonata had, he had had something go wrong in his condition, and he was in um, he was an intensive care unit for about two weeks. We didn't know if he was going to make it. He came home, and he was laying in the bed, you know, his wife was real, like, strict on who the visitation was, you know, how long you could stay. And he was telling us about chakras and the reason why he taught like he taught. And he was just like, take it to the top. Just take it to the top. Just pull it up to the top. And so I said, well, why can't I just, for my own personal experience, why can't I just go through the root chakra and the sacral and come up through the heart? He said, what do you want to do that for? I said, because, you know, I want to have my own personal experience, you know. He says, do you doubt me? Do you doubt me? I'm, I don't want you because I love you so much. I'm trying to give you a way that you don't have to go through there and risk hurting yourself. And he said it with so much compassion, you know, and, 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 and that's me. And, I, and me, that's my prayer. I pray the prayer of Solomon, you know what I'm saying? Let, my, let your will be done, Lord, not mine. I got to pray for compassion. I don't have to pray for money. I don't have to pray for trips anywhere or plane tickets or bus tickets. I have to pray for compassion because at the root, to stay on this planet, you got to be a mean something. You fight to stay there. You know, this ain't a nice place. And so I have to pray for that compassion due to the background that I come from. I didn't come from my shamanistic training didn't come until I was, you know, much, 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 much older. So it was a lot more that I had to deprogram. That's the phrase I love using all the time now. Kair's a specialist at deprogramming to reprogram, you know, and we all have different ways of uh, facilitating that because I don't want to use the word enforcing it anymore. The only thing I need to enforce is my own discipline and my own practice. But to help facilitate with people, I'm growing, and I'm so appreciative of this conversation and the dialogue that we're having tonight. And I want to point in. A couple of people have already pressed one. They want to come in and chop it up with us. D, I told you this was going to happen. I said, let them just eavesdrop on our conversation, and then we're going to let some people come in and just let some more energy be channeled in and, you know, flow in. So is that all right with you? Do we take a couple calls real quick before we go to part two? Uh, absolutely, of course. Yeah. Whew, I need some water. Something, something. Tom and Derek got me riled up again. But he knew that was going to happen, though, so he's not surprised. He's chilling. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
The call-in number tonight is 347-205-9089, 347-205-9089. If you want to kick it with us, if you got a comment, question, feedback, observation, if you learned something, or you totally disagree or whatever, please call in and press 1. If you're in the chat room and you just, like, can't get to the phone and you've got 99 children around you and you want to type the question in, then, okay, then I will, you know, I'll read the question out from the chat room. But I'd appreciate it more if you would share your authentic vocal cords with us, all right, because that's one of the things that we get. We are sensitive to people's energy and their vibration, and sometimes we may respond to your energy and your vibration more than the words that you are saying because sometimes sometimes there's an entity inside of you that's not so evil, that's sick and wants healing and wants to be addressed with a prayer or a nice word or maybe some some uh, some feather ruff, ruffling. I don't know which one we're gonna do tonight, you know. But um, <laughs> I am I am happy and you know to let people know that um, when I when you come on my show and I say you rocking with the best, that means anybody that comes on here, they are on my squad. Shaman Derek is on Team Success, so he's one of the best. So if I can't get it done, then boom, we're going to turn it over to him. If he can't get it done, he turns it over to me. If both can't get it done, oh, my God, who are you? But I'm sure that we're going to help you tonight if there's anything that um, is really coming up. So the phone number is 347-205-9089. Press 1. I'm going to go to the caller from the 205 first because you've been holding on the longest. Caller from the 205, your microphone is wide Hello, call from the 205. Yes, hello. Yes, can you turn your speaker down in the background? How you doing tonight? All right, I'm, a do- <laughs> I'm good. How you doing? All right, blessed by the best. What's your name and where you calling from? All right, my name is Emmanuel Jenkins IV, and I'm calling from Northport, Alabama. How you doing, Emmanuel Jenkins IV? Thanks for listening tonight. What's going on with you? Okay, um, I mean, I, I don't really know too much about shamanism. You know, I've read a little bit about it, um, about the Native American shamanists, and uh, um, one of my favorite shamanists that I've ever heard of or read about was Credo uh, Mutua from Africa. You know, they did a little tape with David Icke about the the aliens and the Chituwiri and the Anunnaki and all that. But um, I've been told several different things all my life about what I'm here to do. Um, I've been told I was an archangel. I've been told I was going to be a preacher. I've been told I was here to help God's children. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly what title to give it, but I just consider myself a spiritualist because I'm mm-hmm. intrigued with anything that has to do with the spirit, the spirit world, mysticism. I'm intrigued by all of it, and I'm still learning. Yeah. But um, the question I really wanted to ask uh, was about, my mother's mother. Um, I've heard a lot of people say they didn't have dreams about babies when somebody was pregnant and all that. But um, my grandmother said she, this was before I was born, years before I was born, she had a dream about a little boy and she saw the face and everything like that, but she had no idea who it was. And then when I was born, she saw me and she realized that it was me. Now, there was nothing special about, you know, her seeing me before I was born itself, uh, she hasn't had a dream about any of her other children or grandchildren. I'm the only one that she ever had a dream about before they got here. And um, I want to know if what kind of what 
what could that mean? I mean, is that significant? I mean, does it mean that I'm here to do something aside from what other people have read and told me? I mean, okay, so let's 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 so let's remove the idea of what does it mean because what it means is that she had a dream about you, right? Now, right. the reasoning why she had a dream was because she was perceptive and connected to your spirit prior to you coming here. So that so that would uh, create the dream, right? Because the dream in the dream plane, you know, it's it's a it's the bridge between the spirit world. We call it the astral plane. However, but dreams allow us to connect into the part of our being that knows and that that can create um, without limitation. Now, the idea of the fact that you were brought into that. Um, awareness was for you to, like the question you asked, what does it mean? Now, that's not the question you really want to ask. And so we're going we're gonna to formulate the question that Spirit is saying that you really want to ask, which is, why are you here? It's because asking what does that mean is you looking for validation for that you have a great purpose. Now, you know, one thing I learned when I died on the, and went to the other side and got to ask thousands and thousands of questions was that, there is no purpose for any human being on this planet. And I know that that is kind of like, what do you mean? What, then why do people say they have a mission? Your purpose is whatever brings you to your heart, whatever brings you to your, what you want to share with this planet, the love, your passion. And most people's purpose always comes from a place of some kind of suffering or pain. Um, you know, uh, Martin Luther King, you look at his purpose, he, he, he saw what was happening to the people, he saw the, the, the lack of equality, he saw the suffering that people had by being torn apart by prejudice and racism, and so therefore his heart and his passion, which came out of frustration, turned into passion, gave him his purpose. Mother Teresa, same thing. So we look at that. Now we look at, like, hey, what is it inside of you when we say your purpose is what is moving you on a level. Now let's take a look. Let's talk to your guides and find that and take a look at that for a second. Uh, hold on. I'm just pulling your guide here. Okay. Go ahead and tell me. Okay. So your guide said that your purpose is about raising and the information for children towards education and helping bring about uh, ways for children and teenagers to be able to educate themselves to realize that they don't have to hold on to all of these patterns of hurt and pain and, and, and uh, abandonment and, and suffering and, and any form where they feel like they have to be put into a system where they're being controlled to just go out and become a worker bee, where they actually begin to recognize that they have options. You see, you have an ability since you were a little boy to be able to look into the heart and the matter of a person. You're an excellent motivator by nature. The thing is, is that you have to stop beating up on yourself because you spend so much time in doubt of yourself and you're looking from the outside world of who you are. You're not allowing yourself to really go inside and see this gift that you have. It comes in increments. You pick up on it at times when you're talking to people or you're, you know, you're in a more relaxed state and you feel safe. But it's really about you coming into recognizing this love and passion that you have for youth and about really bringing that education so that people, you know, so that, so that because the, 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 the hurt and the pain that you feel inside is the, is the feeling of, of adults who, who've grown up 
and have missed out on such an opportunity to really uh, grasp new information that is that has been present but hasn't been given to them because of the belief systems of their families and, and the people and their social peers and so forth that has limited them by closing that door, keeping it closed from them, from seeing, from eye view. So this is about you coming into this place. Now, how you choose to do that, be it, um, you know, one of your skills you have as a writer, you know, you can do it through that. You can express it through collaboration with other people. When you step into that place within yourself and allow that energy to come through, it's going to make, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be a, a natural organic process. You with me? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. So the thing is, the first thing that they, your guides are telling me to tell you is stop comparing yourself to other people. Okay. That's the first. Yes. Because you spent the time that you're spending sitting there looking at what other people are doing is the time you're wasting away from connecting to yourself authentically in your core, your spirit, to be able to give you what you need to see all the beautiful qualities that you have. You know, it's wonderful if you want to constantly keep focusing on everyone's wonderful qualities and everyone's doing, oh, my God, look at that person over there. Oh, no, oh, look at San Juan over there. They're just doing such an amazing job. Look at all the things they're doing. But then who's, where are you focusing? Are you focusing on everybody and realizing that every single person that you're looking at and admiring is a reflection of you? So bring your focus back to yourself because that's what your soul is asking to t- for me to tell you that it wants you to come home. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting. That just touched me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, mm. I, okay, um, I'm not even sure <laughs> where to go from this. I guess I, I know what I need to do. I need to um, work on myself. But um, Let's not say work on yourself because this isn't like you're working on a house or building a motorcycle or fixing an engine. This is about having a relationship with yourself. This is about becoming your greatest love, your greatest support system. This is about you stepping into yourself and going, wow, I bring value just by being here. Without me even having to do anything, I'm bringing value. You see, you, your to- being needs to know that. It needs you to see that. Because you notice the value in other people right off the bat. But noticing the value in yourself so that you can allow yourself to do what your passion is, is what's necessary. So your being already knows what it wants to do. The thing is, it doesn't feel like it can do it because every time you go to start going into that direction, you start putting a roadblock, mental roadblocks. And your guide, who comes from the very Genghis Kong area time, um, you're one of your, your male, male guides who watches over you. You have a lot of guides, but one of your male guides that watches over you um, says that you um, discredit yourself way too much. So every time some idea is coming in from spirit, all of a sudden you start finding road, creating roadblocks, mental roadblocks. That means that before you even start to, to step in that direction, you're already starting to go and compare yourself. You're already start thinking, well, how am I going to do that? You start going into, well, you know, is this really what I want to be doing? Then you start creating confusion. And all of that is just the fear that you have because you haven't filled up your inner being enough to make yourself feel so whole and loved that no matter what you do, everything you touch will turn to gold. 
Derek, I want to um, I want to add on I want to add on to this piece just a little bit right here because what's what I'm what I'm receiving to share with the brother is something that even because I'm thinking I'm like dag on is, is Derek talking to me or is he talking to Emmanuel because I used to go through that and one of the things is we do as humans that mess it up for us is we try to let me think about it. There's a killer phrase, right? There's your death. That's a killer phrase. Let me think about what you just said. Let me try to process it. Don't try to process what the brother said. You just accept what just happened. When you walk in the nighttime and the lights are off and you stub your toe, you don't process the pain. You're in it right then. Wow, right there. When you open a, a, a drink of pineapple juice or some cold water after you're working and you taste it in your mouth, you're not processing it mentally. See, processing delays action. That's what I learned. Processing delays action. And it delays results. So when he's giving you the words, you're saying, oh, man, I don't know how to respond because you've always thought that there's got to be some way for me to respond and be cordial and I have to say something. Maybe you can just say, hmm, okay, thank you. And that's it. You know, he's not, neither one of us are telling you something like, so you can be like, oh, you're the greatest. Oh, Swami, hey, 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 hey. No, that's not what we're here for. Yeah, I don't really care about that. I'm not going to care about yeah, that at all. Not, not at all. But we know we got to get past people's mental conditioning. That's the part that's got to be the deprogram. Feel with the heart what the brother just told you. Feel with the heart what I'm telling you. Let your mind read the speed limit. You see what I'm saying? Let your mind uh, uh, go find your keys to the car. But when you get these kind of divine messages, let your heart practice and receive it because it's coming with love, and that's where that's what the heart encompasses is love and hold and it like now, that. And now. And it's now. I want to add something to that, Kaya. It's now. And, you know, a lot of times I hear people say, oh, I'm going to work on that or I'm going to get to that. They, they act that way because they believe that there's a linear thing happening. There is no linear nothing. Everything is in the now moment. Your future is predicated based on the choices you're making right now. You have probable futures. In shamanism, we believe in quantum futures. Therefore, there's nothing written in stone. It is now. So when you're going into that space, you do it now. You, it, it's, been, it's done. It's already done. So the, and, and the other thing your guys want me to say, and this is coming from your female guy who works with you on an emotional level, she wants me to tell you that, this is, that you have to choose, if you choose, because with everything we tell you, we're not here to tell you to do this. It's, it's your choice, ultimately. You have your own free will. But what we're saying, what she's saying to tell me to, tell me to, to share with you is that this belief system that you keep holding on to, which is that you think you're not doing enough, that isn't serving you anymore. You follow what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I follow you. Okay, this isn't about I'm not doing enough, and this person is doing this, and what am I doing? This is not what this is about. That very energy, that very idea that you're not doing enough is coming from a place of, of not having a relationship with yourself. You're not going to tell a child you're not doing enough. You're going to tell the child, you are doing everything beautifully, baby. You are doing everything just fine. That's what I mean by having that relationship with yourself. It's got to be a loving, nurturing, sweet, 
kind, compassionate relationship with yourself, and you will see all of the possibilities just unfold right before your very eyes. Okay. Thank you. It's a pleasure to serve you. <laughs> He's getting it. He's getting it. And the hits just keep on coming. Uh, he's got it's it. It's awesome, baby. <laughs> I appreciate that, Emmanuel. Thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. All right, tell you. And I also need to talk to you. I told to call you about uh, letting go of this marijuana. I'm still gonna call you. So. <laughs> hey, I'm the man, baby. I'm the man. I got you. I got you. I got you. Me and, look, Greg. I told you. It was, I told you it was gonna be a part too. Y'all might even ready for me and his marijuana conversation. We're going to stick to the subject tonight. We're not going to switch over because we got some more callers, but give me a call, brother, and, we'll, um, and um, I'll do my best to help you. Okay. Thank you both. It's a pleasure to serve you. Peace. All right. Next caller from the 775-400. 775-400. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Carson City, Nevada. This is who in Nevada? Carson City or Stephanie. Oh, this is <laughs> someone calling in from Carson City. What's your name? Stephanie. <clears throat> your phone's breaking up. Did you hear what she said? Oh. oh, sorry. Hello? Yes, hello. Yes. Oh, hi. Sorry. This is Stephanie. Stephanie in Carson City? Yep. Thank you for calling in tonight. What's going on? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I got um, a tweet from Mr. Shaman Derek to call in tonight. Yes, Stephanie. How can I be of service to you, my love? So I'm trying to, like, figure out what I'm doing, I guess. Um, I did a bunch of life changes recently, and I went through a lot. And now I have, like, a full-time job and everything, and I've never had one of those. And um, that takes up a lot of my time, but I'd rather spend my time making music and singing because that's what I love more than anything. But I'm not really sure what to do about it or I don't know. Okay, so you do know. We're not going to use the word I don't know because I don't know is – is to suppress you, right? And we've talked about this before, so we're not going to use I don't know. I don't know doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let me just let me just ask your guide some questions. Uh, hold on one second. I just want to get kind of a clearer scope of what's going on with you. Hold on. Okay. Mm, oh, okay, okay, got it, right. So your guides are saying that you feel like you're, that you've settled, that you have to settle, and that you have yeah. to take the things that you love and put them aside. Okay. Yeah. And the reason um, why that is happening that way, they said, is because you're buying into the idea of lack and limitation. You're you're buying into a belief that music and what you want to create isn't valuable enough to maintain the life that you would like to live. Following yeah. that. Okay. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. So your guide also is saying uh, that because you have because you're holding on to that belief then you are being put in a situation where then you're getting exactly what you're asking for. So if you don't believe that music can sustain you and create what you would like to create in your life, then you're obviously going to fall back in settling, which would mean taking a job that you don't really want to do so that you can pay the bills and, and, and cover your expenses and, and, and whatnot. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, okay, well, so first let's congratulate you on, on getting a job, right? So we're not going to look at this as a negative because that's not how we operate, right? So we're going to look at this as a beautiful transition, right? So you're getting a job, right, is, is helping you to feel an, uh, independent and empowered so you, you can take, so you can feel better about yourself because this has been, a, from what your guys are saying, has been a, a transition for you and allowing yourself to feel more empowered instead of always relying upon others to kind of bail you out, okay? Mm-hmm. So now, now that you're in this state, let's acknowledge that. Now you've got to come into the place of reprogramming yourself from this belief system that now you have to understand, too, that this belief system comes from your mother, okay? okay. And this, is, this energy is basically um, kind of like this is what you have to do to survive in life, and this is what you, and this is what you put on the side, you know, kind of like your hobby, kind of, you know, to mm. say, okay? Yeah. That, 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 now, there's a reason why you're choosing to believe in that, and there's a part of you that believes in that because you're afraid of putting yourself out there, so you're using it as an escape goat so that you don't really have to put yourself out there because you don't want to deal with ridicule. Now, the person who's ridiculing you is no one ridiculing you but yourself. Yeah. Okay, because the only reason why you're playing that scapegoat, which is like, okay, I'm going to put it there instead of realize, okay, the real issue that I have is I'm afraid of creating what I really want to create and being okay that people are going to like it. But let me tell you something. When you create something, my, my love, you're not doing it for other people. You're doing it for yourself because when you do it for yourself, then other people get to benefit from it. So if you're not okay with it, then the reflection that goes out into the world is that you're going to get people who aren't okay with it too. I always tell people that people are responding the way you respond. And a lot of times what we don't realize is that the fear that you have from the outside world rejecting whatever it is you're going to create is actually you rejecting what you're creating. So what, what I would ask you to do is to have a conversation with this part of you that wants to reject it and write down and, you know, or talk to yourself however you want to do it of why you, why are you choosing to reject it? Okay. And why, why do you think? Like just right off the bat, why do you think you're, why do you think you're choosing to reject your, your music? Because it's, it's so dumb, but it's like, because Nothing's it's not dumb. good for Nothing's dumb. Let's not judge it, right? Because judging only creates a block. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Why are you rejecting? Because it's not um, as good as everyone else's. I'm sorry? It's not good as everyone else's. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? It's not good as as everyone else's? Mm-hmm. So how would I know if I'm uh, if I'm better than a shaman that's in um, Uruguay or a shaman that's in uh, Belize or a shaman that's in Peru or a shaman that's in Africa? Should I, should, is that, should I be focusing on... On, on them, because how can I do such a thing? When, 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 cre- when I was created, I was only molded out of one mold. There's only one Shaman Durek in all of the universe. One. There's only one Stephanie in all of the universe. That makes you sacred and precious. That means that no matter what you try to do, you could never be like anyone else, and thank God for that. So, you're, so what's happening is you're, you're doing exactly what, what the other callers do. You're sitting there comparing yourself, and how, and who's the, and how can you come, uh, logically, how can you dif- differentiate between that theirs is better than yours? How do you know? 
Can you tell me the logic behind that? How do you know? Uh, Are you just assuming and then and then going off of your assumption as truth? That makes more sense than actually knowing because I guess I wouldn't know. So. Ah, you wouldn't know. So you're basically <laughs> taking an assumption which is lacking facts, and facts is everything because if you have facts, then you can simply say, well, you know, the Shaman Dirk, I have facts that my that they're better than me. But then again, how can you have facts on something like that? Because it's not there's no possible way that you could have facts based on that. Because you're an individual being. So therefore, you're creating what we call suffering in vain. You're creating an illusion based on an assumption, basing your belief system on that assumption, causing yourself to pain, to have pain, which is suffering in vain, and then creating a lack and limitation, which puts you into a job that you don't really, really want to be in because you want to be doing what you, what you love and what your passion is. However, you're not behind your passion. That's why your passion isn't doing anything. It's not the universe's fault. It's not your guy's fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's about you not having the right information. And the right information is you've got to love what you create for yourself first. I'm not sitting in session waiting for people to, oh, my gosh, I'm endured. You're so amazing. You're so fabulous. Oh, and then I'm like, oh, great. Could you imagine if I was the shaman or every single person I sit down with, every time I speak in, in public, I'm waiting to see how people's responding to me. And then based on how they respond is how I decide if I'm going to continue staying who I am or am I going to throw in the white towel and be like, oh, I'm done being a shaman. These people just are getting on my last nerve. They, they're so rude. This person's sitting there laughing. This other person is sitting there cracking up because they heard what I said. No, yeah. I would be a mess. I'd be like a roller coaster, which is exactly what you're doing to your inner being. Your little girl okay. inside of you, baby, wants you to love her. She wants you to tell her, baby, you do what you feel, and I support you. You are amazing. You are powerful. You are, you are so instrumental. You are creative genius. That is what your little girl needs to hear from you, not, okay. well, it's not as good as everyone else's. I mean, listen, how, who, do you, who, who does that sound like? <laughs> I don't, uh, Tell me, who does that sound like when you were growing up? Who, 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 who does that sound like? What do you well, look at such and such and what they're doing? Who does that sound like? My mom. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So you're just going to take yeah. your mom's energy and just replay it like a broken record? You've got to uh, knock it off. Mm -hmm. You are too powerful for that. You are too creative for that. You know one of the greatest gifts that you are to this planet is because of how creative you are and how unique you are and how you hear things and feel things and you can express things emotionally because you go really deep in your emotions. That's a gift. How can you sit there and just put that gift aside that you, were, that, that you came here to share with all of us? No more, baby, no more. Do you feel those emotions coming up inside of you? You know why that emotion is there, Stephanie? Why? Because that's the little girl inside think going, thank you, Shaman Turek, thank you. I've been trying to tell her this. I mean, I, this is what I needed to hear. That's the part, you know the part of you that does that? That part does it because you asked it to do it because you said keep me suppressed, keep me down. 
And so that part yeah. is doing a job. So you gotta be, you gotta love that part too. You gotta be like, thank you, because I was afraid, and I didn't get real with myself about who I am and my craft and what I want to, what makes me happy. So I asked you to suppress me by judging and comparing me and, 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 you know, and, and, and saying to me you know, that I'm not good enough and all of these things. But you watch right now. Ask out loud. Say, I want to talk to the part of myself that, repress, that suppresses me, that tells me these things. Are you doing that because I asked you to do it? Ask. I want to talk to the part of myself that suppresses everything. Did I ask you to do it? Did I ask you to do it? What did you hear? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you see? You're the creator of all of your life experiences. Everything that suppresses us and holds us back is because we've asked it to do it because we're afraid of something we don't want to take responsibility for that we're thinking because we may think, why would I do something like that to myself? Why would I put a roadblock in front of myself when I say that I want that thing outside of that roadblock? That's where you've got to get real with yourself and authentic, and the only way you can do that is through love. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. yeah. So what I want you to do is I want you to have a conversation with that part that you just spoke to, which is a part of your being that's repressing Mm -hmm. you, and share with it how it was necessary at the time when you asked, but it's no longer necessary now. And then I want you to write a letter about how amazing and wonderful and creative and all of these things that you're going to tell that little girl inside of you, your little child inside, that is the part of you that is the expression of God in your being, which plays as a child inside of you. And you're going to write a letter to that child, and you're going to mm-hmm. send that letter so I know that you did it. You're going to send it to Dirk at shamandirk.com, and I'm going to respond to your letter. And I want, to, and I want you to do this, and if that's, if that's something you want to do, you're going to see changes. Okay. Can you commit to that? I do. I do. All right. It's All right. awesome, baby. <laughs> Thank you. I love you, Stephanie. I love you, you so can. much. You, you, you. All of this, it's time. And you know what? The greatest thing about this is, my love, is that when you do this for yourself. Then you begin to understand all the other creative people you surround yourself who, who, who block themselves in their own creativity. You'll be able to help them because you will know what it's like where they are. You will know what they're doing from where they are because you did it and you came out of yeah. it. That's why we choose to take on these things and we go to go to these resistances so that when we yeah. heal from these things, when we, when we lift ourselves from these things, we can help others lift for themselves. I was just talking the other day to someone about how that's what I wanted to do, about yes, how like, course, I wanted to be... I wanted to be true to myself so that way I can help others be true to themselves as well. That's right, and that's why you chose to take all this on. So be grateful mm-hmm. for, for the resistance that you created. Be grateful for this part of your being that suppressed you, that made you judge yourself and do all of things, because it's exactly what you needed to have happen. So as you come out of that, you begin to recognize other people who are in, the, in your world and go, I know why you're not moving forward with your music. I know why you're not writing mm-hmm. your poetry book. I know why you're not doing your painting and putting it in galleries. I know exactly okay. what you're feeling, and I know exactly how to get you out of it if you will listen to me, and I want to share this with you. And you will help so many people, baby. 
you would touch the lives of so many people, just like you have just now by being on this phone call. Okay. Um, okay, I'm, I'm looking for okay, that email. I'm, I'm going to write it, I promise. I know you will. It's, it's, I, know, it's, I know it's time. So. It is the time. There's no time like the now time. All right, my darling. All right, thank you. It's a pleasure to serve you. It's always nice talking to you. <laughs> and the hits just keep on coming. Thank you for coming in. Courageous, you know. Um, you got a lot more courage than a lot of you. I'm just giving you the fact. Hmm. Kai, you're still there? Is he there? Hello? And, of course, you know, my call tries to drop, but I have a backup line at all times, so I'm going to keep it going. Okay, I was wondering where you were. <laughs> I didn't know if you beamed out of your body and left and went somewhere and then came back. <laughs> uh, I already made that trip already while you was in there doing, as they say in the chat room, spiritual surgery. Y'all are tuning in right now with Coach K Radio, my main man, Shaman Durr, first time on Coach K Radio, blazing the hits, talking about this topic tonight about the modern-day mystic and the urban shaman. We appreciate everybody who's called in. The call-in line is 347-205-9089. If you'd like to speak to us, please press 1-917. I see you in the queue. I'd just like to give a shout-out to all my area codes, my 205s, my 859s, my 404s, my Skype callers up there in New York, my 818s, my 501s, my 347s, my 323s, and my 770s. I really appreciate everything that you all do because you could have been any place tonight, but you decided to be up in here with us. So much love to you. Much love. Much love. Um, also, everybody listening on the download, flood Shaman Derek's inbox. You write a letter too. If you are, if you got a Stephanie inside of you and you need to write a letter, then write that brother a letter. You know, go to his website. If you need to write Coach Kair a letter because you want your feathers ruffled a different way, write it to me. We are your mirrors. I talk about that all the time about how your you have many soulmates. And you judge that soulmate by, will they hold the mirror for you? Will they hold the mirror for you and not let it shake? While you want to turn away and they hold the mirror for you while you get yourself together. So we are we're accountable, we are your accountable servants, and we appreciate it. And we need you. As much as you need us, we need you as well. So I just want to thank all of you for where you're at right now. And, Nick, and you know, I want to... Can you, Kyer, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, and I'm to, I want to add to that um, as far as, you know, letting people know that the people who ruffle your feathers are the most are really your divine servants who've come to help you to, to, to really come into who you are and your power. Mm, well, well, look, I must be a thousand people's divine servants because as much cussing and fussing and, and uh, 
feathers as I've ruffled. My God, I've been here a lot of times because exactly. People are constantly yeah. People ruffle my feathers too, and I I'm, I I just look at them as I'm like sitting there upset, and I'm like, thank you. Now let me go and 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 deal with this this feather ruffling. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like sometimes. I'm just like walking into a walking into a particular area, or I just walk into something and some feathers just start getting ruffled. I'm just like, hey, didn't you ask me for how I felt about the matter? You know, I'm giving you my honest assessment, and now you're telling me don't ruffle the feathers or whatever. You know, I'm in my divine space. I'm free. I love who I am, and I'm not changing for anyone. The only change I'm making is I'm growing toward God with each and every breath, each and every step. And if you can't accept that, then maybe I'm your potential. Because, well, not maybe, but I am your potential. There we you, go. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not maybe. And, and I'm not, unless we move the word growing with, like, let's say, let's just say you're, you're in God, right? Because we're all in God, right? And when we recognize that, we, we are truly start to live out of that, that perspective. In the G, baby. In the G. That's right. In the G. And the hits just keep on coming. You hadn't heard that sound effect right there. I wanted you to get the full flavor of Coach K Radio tonight. All right. <laughs> That's got, an interesting sound. <laughs> we, got, we got another caller on the line. Caller from the 917. 917-657. Your microphone is wide open. Thanks for joining Coach K Radio and Shaman Durbin tonight. Can you give us your name and where you're calling from, please? Peace. Um, my name is Jay. I'm calling from New York City. How are you? Blessed by the best, Jay. Thanks for calling from New York City. Um, I wanted to get some um, insight from the Shaman. Um, I'm liking a lot of what I'm hearing tonight. It's resonating with me. I've been in an awkward space for a little over a year, and it's a transition I want to make, and I'm kind of scared, but I feel like it's the right move, and I kind of want to know if I'm going in the right direction. Okay. Um, versus the wrong direction, is there a right and wrong direction that you feel that it's possible going into? I know the reason why I say that I'm playing games with you just so that you can think a little bit more outside of your perception, right? Mm-hmm. So every everything that's happened, every choice you make and everywhere you go in life is ordained by the divine, which means that's why you made the choice. Um, mm-hmm. When you say right direction, what do you mean? Because it's there is no such thing as like the wrong direction. Everything's going to teach you, and you're going to learn. What you what mm-hmm. you're basically saying is it's going to be the one that's going to open up opportunity for you in a better way than you've been experiencing. Mhm. Right. Okay. It's, yes, that's what I, that's essentially what I mean. I feel like I've been a hamster on a wheel for quite some time, and I'd like to be able to jump off the wheel at this point. Right. Okay. So hold on. Let me just ask your guides. Um, okay. The spirits that work with you in this life. Let me ask them okay. some questions. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. All right. So here, here is um, what your guide said. Your guide said that you play the role as a martyr. Okay. Mm-hmm. And. And the thing is, you've had many opportunities that they that they have ushered your way for for mm-hmm. you to to move off that hamster wheel. However, mm-hmm. you keep putting other people first before yourself. And what they said is that you do this because you hold on to a lot of guilt and shame. 
Now, the guilt and the shame that you keep holding on to is that you keep telling yourself that you should have fixed a situation differently that happened about three and a half years ago that you didn't make the choice that you felt you should have made, and so what you keep doing is you keep not trusting your intuition. Hmm. Now, I'm going to go into the energy of what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, what they're saying is is that you have an opportunity that presented itself where you could have been in a situation where you connected with an, um, you know, uh, how do you say, like a, um, ways for you to express your creative self, okay? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that you decided to put your energy into someone else's energy by trying to build them up first. Mm-hmm. That basically put you in a situation where you actually had to take a, a kind of a step down. Mm-hmm. Now, this, this has happened because of the people that are in your life that are constantly pulling on your energy. Okay. So think so so think back three and a half years ago, about three years, three and a half years. Where were you? I'm trying to think. Or better yet, to make it easier mm-hmm. for you. Who mm-hmm. have you been putting a lot of your time and energy into in the past three years? A specific person? It's a specific people, yes. Um, it's been some stuff going on at my job. Look outside. That's taking, of, look, that's taking up a lot of my time and has created right. a lot of problems for me. Right, but it's something going on as far as your relationships with people within your job and jealousy issues. Mm, well, there is a lawsuit going on at my job, and it started in 2011. Mhm. And what's the lawsuit about? Um, it's in regards to our wages being stolen. So someone on our behalf started a class action lawsuit for us in regards to that. Right. But when the per- the person who cre- who created this situation, before the mm-hmm. situation took place, mm-hmm. what was the relationship between that person and someone else in your office? Well, I'm trying to figure out. I'm still a little stumped because the three years is tied to the lawsuit somehow. Um, well, I because know. think about it. Think about take take that situation. Okay, mm-hmm. We're gonna, I'm going to take you a little bit. Go, go back. What, what 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 relationship were you in three and a half years ago? I actually have been celibate for almost four years, so it hasn't been any relationships in a intimate capacity, like with a member of the opposite sex. So that's not it. Doesn't not intimacy in the sense of having a relationship with someone where you're actually putting their energy first before yours. I don't feel like I put people's energies first before mine. Okay, ask yourself the question. Hmm. Ask the question out loud. Do I put other people's energy first before mine? And Do listen to what people? pops in your head. Okay. Do I put other people's energy first before mine? 
what did you hear? Um, it wasn't necessarily it. It wasn't a no. I do do things where I distract myself sometimes to avoid taking care of things I need to take care of, but I don't know whether it's a specific person that I give energy to. I, I will admit I do procrastinate, and I know some of that is rooted in fear. Right, but fear isn't really okay. So let's okay. Let let me make it simpler for you. Think mm-hmm. your the part of you inside that is communicating mm-hmm. to me says that every time there's a situation that occurs, your energy is not where you are. It is outside of you, and it's focusing on everything else that's going on outside of you. Someone is having a problem, you get sucked into the problem. If something mm. is happening around you, you get sucked into what's happening around you. It's like mm-hmm. you keep abandoning yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. And what they're, what they're saying as far as relationship is concerned is that you have had a situation where with your relation, you did have a relationship, and in your relationship you had a lot of uh, what you call it, uh, martyrism in your relationship. Now, mm-hmm. when you took the role of being celibate, mm-hmm. when was a la- what was your last relationship? Um, it really wasn't a relationship. I was strung along. I had dealings with him from... Okay, that is a, a, a relationship is any type of connection you create with someone where you have a contract. Okay. Yeah, okay, it, it, relation, it, that's not how shaman, we don't see it like that. We don't see it like, okay, oh, gotcha. you're dating someone. Do you see what I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we had dealings with each other, I think, from about 08 or 09 all the way up to like 2010 or something like that. Okay. And, and when um, you were, I, that and, was my, the reason I became celibate is, is is there was a breaking point in dealing with him that I was like, okay, enough is enough because I, I play a part in this and I don't deserve to be treated this way and I'm done. So I'm just going to be Right, but you saw it as you being treated some way. You saw it as you being treated by in some situation. This is what I'm trying to get you to look at. You you feel like you were being treated a certain way. You weren't looking at it the fact that you were treating yourself that way. Yes, this, which is why which is why I became celibate because I noticed a cycle and a pattern where I was being treated in such a way because I was allowing myself to be treated that way, if that makes sense. Yes, but you were allowing yourself to be treated that way because of why? I said the reason that prompted the celibacy is that I noticed the pattern. No, 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 no baby. It I know, was, I know, honey. I, I got that, honey. What I'm saying, my love, is why did you allow yourself to be treated that way? Because I, I didn't realize at the time that I... I I should. I deserve to be treated better. I didn't hold myself to a high enough standard, if that makes sense. Right. So holding yourself to a high enough standard, wasn't it the idea that you were believing in an, uh, a, a dream that you were being presented with and you wanted that dream so much that you were willing to mm-hmm. sacrifice your truth? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would say so. so. Okay. And so, therefore, whatever it took to make to, to continue believing, it's like someone putting a carrot in front of your face and mm-hmm. telling you that I'm going to lead you to the land of carrots, okay? Mm-hmm. And and so you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to this is thing, this I'm going to get this thing, I'm going to have this thing, and it's going to create this, and we're going to have this. And mm-hmm. so you were believing in that because that's what you really wanted. So you were putting the other person's energy before your own. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're like, I'm going to sacrifice myself and put myself in this situation, even though what ended up happening was you realized that the reason why that happened was because there was some part of you that you weren't fulfilling within yourself, right. which is putting yourself first, right. so that you could see that you deserve to have everything and more. 
Right. Okay, but then that. you're but then you punish yourself right afterwards. <laughs> so, so then so that punishment has to play a role. So then you get to so, so you so it's once again that the lesson that keeps coming up again is now you're going into another form of feeling taken advantage of, and now it's happening in your work situation. Mm-hmm. You, you, follow, you following the pattern I'm showing you here? I, I am. It, it, it's, it's spilling over into other areas of my life. I totally get of it. Of course yes. it is, because in shamanism we believe where there is one energy of poison, the poison has moved to other areas. Yeah. Okay, so you have a belief that you're going to be taken advantage of, period. Which yeah. means that you, so there's a part of your being that feels like it's going to go into a martyr role, which means that you can't trust your intuition because you keep attracting these same energies. Mm. Okay, now to remove the illusion is the belief that you have that something is, has some power over you. Is the belief that you have that there is some kind of energy that can put you in a situation where it's going to take something from you. Why do you want to believe something's going to take something from you? Derek, hold on one second. We have uh, we have three minutes before we stop streaming. The call's going to stay on as long as you're on the line. So if you're in the chat room, you have three minutes to call in if you want to hear the rest of this and if you want to hear um, the people that are already in the chat who have their hands up. So if you want to get in line and you want to hear the rest of the show, you have to call in, 347-205-9089. You will be able to hear it on the line, but the streaming on the computer will cease in 2 minutes and 40 seconds, okay? So please call in if you want to listen in for the rest of the show. All right, go ahead, Derek. Can you hear me, my love? Yes, I can. Okay. So the thing is, is this idea that, Something has to be taken from you, and then you end up punishing yourself by creating some physical experience of what should be done to you because you allowed that to happen. Is not serving you from a place of love and compassion, my darling. And what and it co- means is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I wanted to just add in. <clears throat> this may be your first time, but. We here here on Team Success, there's no victims and no villains. Okay, like there's, I can hear the energy in your voice that you want to say, oh, someone made me celibate. If somebody made me do something, then I'm a victim and he's a villain. Villain. God didn't make any. There are no victims or villains. That's a past programming that doesn't serve you. That you need to release immediately. Because nobody's doing anything but you. So there are no victims here, okay? And then um, the reason I jumped in is because women, because you don't hear a lot of men talking about I'm celibate. They come in and use these words to say somebody made me celibate. And then all of a sudden, when you're not having enough sex, you have imbalanced hormones, and then you get sick, and then your cells... The poison spills over into other areas, and now you're really looking for the villain. So when somebody filed a class action suit, now all of us are victims. You use the law of attraction, and you pulled in more people who think they're being victimized, and you said, that's right. 
I want to get in on this lawsuit because I believe in bad guys. And tonight I want you to stop believing in bad guys. Stop believing in bad guys. And also, it's really impossible for someone without shamanistic training to be celibate. If you haven't had sex or intercourse in four years, you've been abstaining because celibacy is a spiritual thing. If you thought about sex, if you've masturbated in the last four years, then you have not been celibate. You have been abstaining and you haven't had intercourse, and you've also been cheating yourself, even what you call self pleasure. No, I haven't been cheating myself. If I'm not in a balanced place, and I have sex with men. Why would I sleep I, with someone and I'm not listen, in a balanced place to have sex with them? I'm going to I'm going to explain to you. You are in an unbalanced place by not having sex. You're not. You're not after four years of not having sex. The balance is going to continue to be imbalanced. The body requires attention and affection as long as those organs work. Can I, can I ask Hold on. Just hold on. I'm going to explain. I don't have any problem speaking for myself and explaining something that you're unaware of. Okay? Okay. It's not the other person. You, 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 you're choosing the imbalance. I totally agree. So why should I sleep with someone when I'm not balancing? Sex. It's for healing and manifesting. You need I under- some. Kaya, Ka- Ka- can I add something some- to what you're saying? Oh, hold on one second, because I get on the tangent and I lose it. So hold on one second. Hold that I just want you to deliver this message with more loving compassion. I'm I'm I'm, I'm passionate. I'm pa- I'm not forcing down her throat. She still has a choice. I'm not saying that she's wrong. But no, that's not what I'm saying. What that's saying. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that realize why she did what she did is acknowledging that that was okay for now, but then delivering your message on top of that. So she doesn't feel like she was wrong for making that choice. She had to make that choice. That's what she needed and, to do. That was a part of her spiritual path. And a part of her spiritual path is she called in tonight to stand in between this earth sign and this water sign and have two mirrors and her being in the middle. That's true, yes. Spirit guided her here for for you to be you and for me to be me. And I'm the protector of her right now. I understand what you're doing. Of her, so, I'm not, so I'm not coming at her in an attacking way, but she doesn't have any men in her life like you and I who are going to say, let me show you something radical right now because you may not get in contact with us any other time. We may ask you to and you may say, oh, I'm dedicated, I'm going to get in contact with you. But I want to shake this energy up in you so you can attract this more of this energy because you need this type of truth. Because if you are walking around and saying, hey, you know, like uh, these victims and villains, and I'm an expert at dealing with people who always are saying there's a victim and there's a villain. So I'm just stepping in in an area that I'm an expertise. And I understand understand. when there needs to be compassion, but I also understand that we can't coddle the sinister. There's a sinister in there as well, and I'm not coddling. I'm not coming at her, but I am coming at the sinister, and that's what needs to be brought out because she needs pleasure in her life. Women are creatures of pleasure. They're not not, uh, uh, creatures of principle. They're creatures of pleasure. Their body is made to be pleased and to be orgasmic. 
with the help of others, she knows that she loves having sexual energy, you know what I'm saying, and for her to say, ooh, I'm not feeling that, that's a, that's a form of love that I want her to be able to receive. I want her to get back in a balanced state as soon as possible. And since we are talking about the nowness, it won't take you six months to get balanced. I don't want you to come in and say, well, let me work on this because it's been four years, so let me let it take another four years. Now, then it'll be eight years. We don't want you to go another four years of carrying this around. Do you understand where I'm coming from, Jay? Kind of, sort of. <laughs> That's fine. But your subconscious right. is. Don't try to figure it out in your mind because I'm speaking as maybe how your mental is trying to process it because I know it's brand new. But your cells understand. I'm talking cell to cell here. I may not be talking to the mental. I'm talking to your cells right now. So now take it away uh, back to you, Big Brother Derek. <laughs> okay, so I understand what Kair is saying, and he's coming from the thought. He's coming from an, from the place of being like, own your power now. You know, this isn't serving. Get back in the balance. And in order to get back in the balance, we have to understand why. We have to understand that the balance is for you right now that you made that decision because there's a part of you that didn't trust that there was a weakness there that you were letting go of, and you felt like you needed to ring that in so that you can have so you can have balance of yourself in equilibrium without falling apart. I get it. Mm-hmm. I really okay. I get it. So the thing is, is not recognizing, okay, so you did that. This is not about a right or a wrong. This is about you understanding yourself and your power, right? And this is about you recognizing that the reason why you went into those things is because there's a part of you that is a love being. You are such a lover, and you love so deep. So when you get so, so when someone comes to you and starts talking all this talk and talk and talk and talk, it sounds so good, but it sounds so good to your to you. You're like, oh yes, I love that, and you opened yourself up. But at the same time, you didn't sit back and say, wait a second, is this following action? Because words, words, but it has to follow action. You see, mm-hmm. so. So I understand that, my love. The thing is, is that your being took on that role. Your protector is the one that made you go into celibacy. That was your protector inside of you, because your mm-hmm. protector is saying, "You're way out there. You're 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 going to get eaten up. You're 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 too much." And this is what's getting you. This is what's getting you open. This is what's mm-hmm. keeping you open. Is this desire of yours, right? Mm-hmm. But now, once you put that back into perspective and you realize that it's not so much the desire that's coming from you sexually, it's the desire that comes from you because you want to embrace and you want to feel and you want to take in and you want to experience that love. What it's saying is the reason why you have this belief that something can be taken from you or something can come in and and, um, and upset your equilibrium is because you're not giving yourself that equilibrium to yourself. You following what I'm saying, my love? Yes. So the thing is, is that you have such a beautiful soul and such a beautiful being, but what is required is for you to fill up your vessel. This is a time to fill up your vessel and not to believe, because this comes from your childhood, just so that you know. And this Uh comes back, you know, and this is the whole thing about you feeling like everything is great and then all of a sudden it got ripped away from you and changed. So there's this whole belief of, like, something is going to come in when things are really great and wonderful and something is going to come in and take something. You yeah. following me? Okay. Yeah. But it's time for this energy to, be, to, to, to end because there's nothing, 
there's no nothing has power over you. Can you say that to me? Yes, nothing has power over me. That's right. Nothing has power over you. That means that the only reason why these things have come in is because you have a fear of really allowing your, your love to go out there in the world. So you have to keep convincing yourself, every time I put myself out there, someone's going to come and take something from me. So I've got to protect what's mine. Yeah. You following? Yeah. That's because you are a powerful manifester. And you have a powerful vision for, this, for the things that you come here to do on this planet from your passion, but the level of love that comes from your being is so intense and so powerful that you don't believe that people could really receive the love that you have. So what you do is you create examples of things happening so that way you have a reason to pull it back. And that's yeah. because you are holding on to that old belief from your childhood. Yeah. Okay, it's time to be wrong about that. You don't need to be right about it anymore. It's time to deprogram so you can reprogram. Right? You don't have to be right about that anymore. That belief isn't real anymore. That the, the, that the world there are the, the world wants to feel your love. The world wants. There are people in the world who are ready for your love. There are people in the world who need your love. It's like you have no idea what people are waiting for you. You don't have to go into creating this lack and limitation every time you put your, your energy out into the situation. The reason why you haven't manifested the, the, the opportunity like you really want it to be is because you, also, you, get, you have this, this part of you that gets kind of like frustrated because it's like, what's the point? It's like you do, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. It's, it's, a, it's an attitude of belief that you're holding on to, which is if I go and put my energy out there, what's the difference? Someone's going to come by and, 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 you know, and not honor it, not value it, not appreciate it. So what What's the point? No one really appreciates what I have to offer, so why am I going to put myself in a situation? That's not what your little girl wants to keep hearing. She wants to know that you appreciate it, not that you're waiting for someone to appreciate you before you can decide to make to, to feel to appreciate yourself. Right. That, was, that was the disconnect. You were, so you, what, what, what we don't call this giving away this. I don't ever believe you can give away your power. I believe you transfer your power. So you transferred your power over saying, validate me, give me what I need, because I'm not giving it to myself, which makes you what I call my clients. I call them hungry wolves. Because then when you yeah. eat from someone else's hand, that, that person can manipulate you, you see? Yes. Yeah. See, if you're hungry and you come and you come to me and you're hungry, I'm going to give you love because that's, I'm a shaman. That's who I am. But you go to somebody who has things that they want from you, then they see your hunger. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll feed you, and I'll feed you again. But now tomorrow you're going to do what I want you to do. Yeah. That's been okay? the story of and my life. Because... I'm sorry? I said that's been the story of my life. Right. And that's why, that, that's why your guides are telling me to share this with you so this can be this story of your life because you haven't even lived your whole life yet. This has been a story of a moment in your life. But you're, you're in for big and better things, my love, and you've got someone amazing wanting to get into your life that's your twin flame that you, cre- that you set up way before you came to this planet. And the only way this person can come in is when you're, when you're not being a hungry wolf anymore. Because it ain't going to matter. Flowers coming on the table or dinners and stuff like that. You're not going to be in surprise. You're not going to be shocked. You're going to be like, of course. That's normal for me. You're not going to be moved by words. You're not going to do none of those things. No, someone can say, oh, you're amazing. You're this, you're that. You're, gonna be like, you're not going to be like, oh, my God, really? You think so? Oh, my God. And then give more of your, transfer more of your power over to them. No, you're going to be like, of course I am. I know that. 
You're not going to say that to them. You're not going to be like that, but you know within your being. That's like you cleaning your house. You're not going to – someone comes over after you clean your house and says, oh, my goodness, you did such an amazing job with your house. You're not going to be like, oh, really, you think so? No, you would have never put the sponge down if you didn't think you were done cleaning your house and your house didn't look good. (laughs) You see, so this is about honoring yourself. The reason why your protector chose celibacy because it had to make a quick decision quickly to snap you out of it. Mm -hmm. Your protector loves you. Your protector is powerful. It comes off very powerful. It's like i got to own myself right now. And if that's the way it had to do it, it had to do it. But that's going to that's gonna open up now that we're having this conversation because now you're realizing, wait a second, I stepped into that place so that I can get correct with myself, so I can start giving myself my own love. This is about giving you your own love. Yes, this opportunity is a great opportunity. But what I say to you in this opportunity is that you can't go into this opportunity with the same attitude that you have in the past. You can't wait for people to tell you how wonderful you are and wait for people to validate you and give you permission to be great. You've got to give your permission yourself. You've got to validate yourself. You've got to tell yourself the truth of who you are. And then there'll be nothing can have power over you. Because what, what did I say? Nothing has power over who? Me. That's right. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. We thank you for calling in. I do got like three more people who want to talk to Derek tonight, and I even have got some other good stuff that I want to talk about too. So if you need to get in contact with him, please just go to his website, shamandurek.com. It's a uh, four-square site, I think. Hit contact. Send him an email. He's on Instagram. He needs more followers. He's on Twitter. He needs more followers. He's on Facebook. He's got two or three pages. Please reach out and get in contact with the brother, all right? I love you, and I know I know. now that you have this information, you, this is all about expansion from this point on. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. Thank you for calling in and letting us ruffle your feathers. Whatever. This is a dream come true. <laughs> and the hits just keep on coming. She thinks I'm being sarcastic. You know what I'm saying? Like that's who I am. No, she's, I mean, she's being funny. She's not. She doesn't think you're being sarcastic. She's having fun. She's like, whatever. She's like, whatever. It's all that's good. her. That's her. That's her. That's her teenager. She's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get her. I want. I want to get her birthday. I want to look at her chart though. Uh, Jay from New York. Uh, uh, do you mind if I ask you your birthday? Um, it's no problem. My birthday is 11176. I am actually a Pisces moon, Capricorn ascendant. Are you a member of the Cosmophysics? I am not. Um, I'm familiar with the show, though. I do listen to it off and on on Blog Talk. Has your chart been rectified before? Um, No. I've had someone send me a full chart, but I'm still trying to, you know, learn more about the placements. It would be great if I could have someone explain it to me and how it worked. You said November the 1st, 1976? Mm Mm-hmm. And what time was the birth? Um, give me one second. My birth certificate is in my drawer. You said you were what rising? I am a Capricorn. Um, where is it? I think it's even uh, either eleven fifty-seven a.m. or eleven fifty-eight a.m. I forget which one it is. 
Oh, here it is. Here's my birth certificate. It is falling apart, too. Um, 11.52 a.m., I'm sorry. No need to apologize. We don't deal with stuff on Coach K Radio. Everybody calls in. My uh, show is brilliant, magnificent. I ain't never had a sorry person call in my show, ever. Oh. Okay. Um, you had problems with your heart or upper back when you were little? Um, I actually, it's it's not debilitating, but um, I was diagnosed with scoliosis in middle school, and I was told it, it occurred in utero. Ah, okay. So you're a Capricorn rising. Mm-hmm. Derek, you just, yeah, okay. So um, this, this, <laughs> you're being tested, Mom. That's, that's the whole I, thing. You're being, you're being tested. I you know. got Saturn. Yeah, you got. You, I know uh, you, the, you got I've been I've been going through it for the past um, fourteen months, Kyrie. Like I, I feel like the universe. Every time I jump up, it punches me in the face. It smacks me upside the head. It kicks me with steel toe boots while I'm on the ground. So I'm at tired. the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the show, Derek said, "Write the new gratitude letter and say, I'm so happy that I've been getting tested for fourteen months. I'm so happy, Planet Saturn. I'm gonna tell you who to say thank you to." Because as you appreciate Saturn, he changes the way he gives the lessons. If you've ever watched Star Trek and the board, they say resistance is futile. So you yeah. whining and complaining is not going to get him off of you. He will. He wants to hear the gratitude for the lesson that he's coming to you for. And you got all these planets laid up in Scorpio too, and Saturn's in Scorpio. There's, there's really nothing that you can do except change your attitude of gratitude and what your gratitude for. Everything that you just said, put those in your homework. Thank you for kicking me with the steel toe boots. Thank you for letting my feathers get ruffled. I thank you so much for that. And thank you for how I'm going to come out on the other end. Thank you for letting me have this tough time right now so I can regain my power. Those are your words, okay? You never let anybody or any circumstance steal your joy. You are at the at the center of your astrological chart. You weren't you weren't brought here for your planet to make you their slave. Oh, Saturn is just killing me right now because it's coming through scope. No, you're at the center. You're the master. Get in contact with some other masters. You never go to the Hall of Fame unless you see a coach. Dirk is going to the shamanistic Hall of Fame because he has shamanistic coaches. And it's at no expense at going to see them and showing humility. His, his his entire story is about humility. He could have went and saw three shamans and was like, you know, I'm done. None of my other friends have seen three shamans. They just have been in Peru. They just been in Israel. They just been in Egypt. I'm good. I've seen three of them. I'm the best shaman in the world. Dirk said if he gets another message tomorrow, he's ghost five thousand. That's a story of humility in every ancient practice. That's why we had this show talking about modern mystics and the urban shaman. What must remain consistent is your humility. Your humility. You can't have humility in blame and shame. You can't have humility playing the hungry wolf. By the way, Derek, that was a blazing example. Thank you so much. It really was. I don't know if that was copywritten or not, but I will be using that. Thank you. I learned that lesson. Oh, wait a minute. 
His call drops. He has to call back in. Where is he at? Oh! Who has three-way? He's calling me now. I need somebody to text me three-way. Hold on. What do you, you want me to call him? All right, everybody, I got I got Shaman Derek on the other line, and I'm trying to bring him back in. So I'm going to go to a quick song real quick, and we're going to try to – I'm going to come on and see if somebody have three-way, and then I'm going to give you his number. So everybody hold on while we go through this quick promo. American School of Symptometry is looking for dedicated students who want to learn how to eat scientifically and live a disease-free life. American School of Symptometry is the teaching and training arm of symptometry. We offer three types of scholarships to help you with the cost of educating yourself and learning how to cure disease at the cellular level. That's right, cure disease. Our mission statement is curing is proving. Check us out at symptometry.com. That's S-Y-M. P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com. You'll be glad you did. Or call us at 708-252-3621 for more information. That's 708-252-3621. American School of Symptometry. saving us like Jackie Robinson going over the left field fence. Appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> I just can't take it. I, I got to laugh. <laughs> like Jackie Robinson going over the fence. How interesting. <laughs> Come on, man. She saved it. it. She saved it. Come on. You got to give it to her, man. She went up there and got that thing. Oh, definitely. Of course. By all means. I just love your comments. Your comments. <laughs> they just make me laugh. I love it. Okay. All right. We got to get to some of these other callers. We got we got 37 minutes. Thanks for everybody listening to Coach K Radio tonight. Um, let's go ahead and get it in with the next caller. Caller from the 323-954. Your microphone is wide open. Can you give us your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, yes. My name is Arletta, and I'm calling from Atlanta. Greetings, Derek. Hi, love. Hi. Hi. I don't really have a question. Um, I've been absolutely, absolutely enjoying all of your readings. You're 
You're amazing. You're amazing. I I think I done fell in oh, love, actually. <laughs> oh, thank You're you, welcome. my darling. <laughs> you are welcome. You are welcome. Um, I just wanted to know, well, right now I've been experiencing uh, exponential growth and massive, massive transition, and I just wanted to know what information uh, comes through uh, to you from my guides as far as uh, my area of focus or direction from this point and moving forward. Okay. Um, you're kind of asking, okay, so tell me exactly what do you want me to ask them? Um, where, as far as my, what is it that I should be focusing on? What is the most important thing or pertinent oh, thing? Oh, in your life, uh, what right you should now. be focusing on? Like, yeah. Well, I just, right why don't I just tell you what they, whatever they say. I'm just going to ask them if they have information. Yeah. Yes, they want to share yes I, that's okay. what I'm curious. I'm curious to, to know. Yeah, okay, hold on one second. Okay, so here's I'm just going to repeat everything that they say, okay? Okay. They said and who are that they? this is a time. Oh, you have so many. If I was to just narrow, if, when I listen to them, I can listen to them talking as a different group, but if I have to go through and single each one out and, and give you their background and why they why they serve you and all that, that's going to that's us having like private time to sit down and do that. Oh, sure. Um, sure, no problem. You're, yeah, because your guy, the way your the way guides work is that some of your guides are archangels, some of them are ancestors, some of them well, ancestors are more guardians. Um, then your guides are different beings that have lived and experienced similar things that you have and and um and successfully completed the lessons with them, and they're here okay. to support you. And every so you have a guide that deals with relationships, you have a guide that deals with business finances, you have a guide that deals with your health, you have a guide that deals with friends and family, you have a guide that deals with uh-huh. anything that you put your energy into, a new guide okay. will step in if that guide isn't already there. There's like it's always set up quantumly. So okay. to sit and to go each guide and their information, their what their background, when they you know, that's a whole different thing. But so I'm gonna say your guides, because they all talking they all talking to me, okay. I'm gonna tell you what they said. Okay, what they're okay. saying to me right now. Okay, go ahead again. I'm going to repeat verbatim. Go ahead. Okay, they said you're at a pivotal time right now in your life. Um, they're very proud of you because you've been doing a lot of internal work um, and allowing yourself to be able to um, to deal with less stress and anxiety in your life. They said that this is a continuation of your work, continuing, um, you know, focusing on how things are affecting you because of your uh, empathic abilities and continuing to create those infrastructures for yourself. They also said this is a time of expansion, and this is a time to, to put yourself out there, to not hide, uh, hide yourself away from the world, to really step in front of people and allow yourself to be seen. They said that, um, you know, caretaking and taking on other people's, uh, like taking, caretaking for anyone right now is not at the highest level of the being advised for you. Um, okay. This is a time for you to really start putting your matters into expanding yourself and putting yourself out there. Okay. Now, they also said that um, uh, exploring, and they're mentioning photography. Photography? Like getting in. Yeah, they're mentioning getting into photography. Hmm. Things to do with the visual perception. Because okay. they said that there's all of these these there's all of these talents that are inside of you that need to that you have you you can choose to if you want to it's it's your choice to allow them mm-hmm. to come out and explore them. 
Okay. So the thing is that so you that, get really caught up. If you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said, is that the only one that they mentioned? No, you no, there's other ones in there too. Uh go ahead. Okay. What else is the things that you that she need that you would like to bring out? So art, so art, photography, movement mm. with your body, dance. Mm-hmm. Um uh, your your uh, inner child says it would like for you to to even think about doing something in a sense of a greenhouse or doing stuff with plants, mm, like working okay. with plants, um, okay. because there's a, you have a past life, uh, where we say your parallel life, where you you actually helped people with um, with different types of flower essences and uh, mm-hmm. different types of um, things that you make from your own home, okay. um, creating a sacred space for women to gather, mm-hmm. and and. And work and actually work on each other and building each other's strengths. So like okay. each person represents each person is like a teacher and each person is adding something every time to the group. So each one is okay. teaching each other. Um, okay. Go on. What else? Uh, your inner child um, is communicating. Hold on. What do you want to say? Your inner child says that it would like for you to not be so hard, not so heavy, so heavy on yourself. Oh, like okay. motivation through love, not motivation through you have to. Okay. Uh, go on. Your inner child says uh, she would like for you to lighten up a little bit more. <laughs> okay. She says you're being way too serious. And she's mm-hmm. not having fun when you're being serious. She says she keeps That's trying true. to 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 get you to um, to just let just let loose a little bit more. She said because she can yeah. create more. She manifests more when you're when you when you lighten up. When you get too intense, um, it's it, it starts sucking the life force out of your energy. It's like it, it becomes. Um, she gets bored, and if you, she says, and, she, right. and she's many times made you feel bored. She said she's mm-hmm. many times made you feel like all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I don't even know if I want to be doing this anymore, right. because you've literally taken the joy out of it for her. Um, right. She really loves music, and she really wants you to really make it fun for her, not, okay. um, not like you know, put all these like, these kind of rules and regulations of what that how that is supposed to present itself. Right. Uh, uh, your one of your master your master guide is saying that it's it, it's you're you're overdue for taking a vacation. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Your, your master guide said that they need you to take a, a, a vacation where you can where you're not a, it's not a vacation where you've taken in the past where you're you think it's a vacation but you're actually focused on everyone like you're dealing with everyone else's energy. This is a okay. this is about you taking time for yourself so that they can connect with you and and give okay. you new epiphanies and new energies. This is a this is a time for them to kind of refresh, you know, refresh the information, okay? Right. And they also okay. said to and they also want me to tell you to lighten up from a place of realizing that uh all this stuff isn't supposed to be hard. Like the mm-hmm. idea that you have around hard that you've mm-hmm. that you've taken from one of your great grandfathers that's been passed down in your family of this whole idea mm-hmm. of how things are supposed to be hard isn't serving okay. you. And right. um and your ancestors um, you know, are really wanting to assist you to release that, you know, this whole struggle okay. and burden and all this type of stuff. Right. It's time for that stuff to go. You know, okay. it, it's like because it, 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 the idea of hard is, is based in the ego. It's the idea, well, if, I, if I'm so intense and I'm so hard and whatever, so finally when I get what I want, I can say, well, look at all that I went through to get where I needed to go. And I know you've right. heard that one um, 
before because that one is playing out in your subconscious mind. Oh, that's but that, <laughs> that That's not serving you anymore, your guide said. And um, your female guide said this is a time for you to get really um, innovatively creative with the muses because you have a lot of muses. You've got seven muses around you. And really? people who have seven muses, yeah, seven muses means that that means that you have a mu- you have muses that are around you because they're saying that you can work with your hands. Mm-hmm. Work like me. People who have seven muses around them means that they are pre- people who can create things from nothing. Right. 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 And they said they they really want you to 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 really create that space in your home or that space where you can just go close the door, turn right. on some music, sing, because that's a huge part of your being, um, yes. and allow yes. I'm sorry, you know, yourself to get into that creative space. Okay. Your inner child said you create more abundance by lightening up than you think by working hard. Right. <laughs> and she wants you to know that. She's like, you keep doing okay. the working hard thing and getting too intense with yourself and becoming a workaholic, she can guarantee you that she's going to pull the re- – she's going to keep – you can tell when you're doing it because she starts making oh, it where – Oh, it's been happening. Starts, yeah. 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 That's, that's she tightens up the belt. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. You know, the formula for abundance isn't always, um, you know, it's it's not it's not about working hard. It's about working smart. And working smart is connecting right. to your spirit and asking the spirit what it needs. Right. But the photography, uh, you know, your guys are saying is, is going to be good for you, visual things, wow. video, photography, film, okay. things where you're expressing okay. yourself visually. Right, right, okay. Because you have a story, you're a storyteller, and you, can, and you see yeah. things differently from how other people see it. You always right. have. You know, someone right. can walk into a room and they may be looking at something and you're like, did you notice the design on that? Or did you see how, <laughs> look at how that looks. Like, <laughs> right, right. your guy said you're very detail-orientated and your oh. little girl inside, instead of looking at the flower as a whole, she's looking at the, the design of the flower, the, 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 mm-hmm. the um, you know, the in-betweens of the petals and how everything is connected and, like, you know, so detail, you know, being able to, to, to show that in everything that you're doing is, um, is okay. your guide said, will bring a lot of joy to you. Yes, it does. Okay. And, uh, and the other thing that they're saying, too, um, when it comes to relationship, your relationship guide is speaking, um, your relationship guide is saying that, you you know, you seeing other, seeing, realizing that the same fears that you have are the same fears other people have. And right. so when you're thinking you're going in and fixing them, in truth, what you're doing is you're trying to find, you're, you're looking for something wrong versus seeing what is right. Okay. okay. So if you can remove this expectation, your guide is saying, of how you think things are supposed to be and let them show up organically, like let people show up the way they need to show up without any pre um Pre, uh, what's the word? Pre, you know, where you pre something, uh, pre preconceived, oh, preconceived ideas, preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. Yes, preconceived mm-hmm. ideas. Because you do that to protect yourself, but at the same okay. time, it limits the person from showing up because then you're you're creating the idea of who they are without really getting a chance to see who they are. Right. And your right. relationship okay. guide said that this will help you in all areas of relationships in your life. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Wow. It's Is that awesome, it? Baby. No. <laughs>
Oh, they can go on and on. You have no idea. They just they're like like guides and and beings of the like higher beings of light. When they when they feel like they can make a connection with someone and really get yes. the information, they will go on and on and on and on. I can spend okay. five hours with you just talking about all the things they want to talk about with you. Okay, well we're we're gonna have to do that sometime soon. Maybe not five hours, but at least a good hour or so. But thank you, I appreciate yeah, of course. it. Yes, I I I um. Your heart speaks volumes. And I appreciate your work and your time oh, and your dedication you, and your energy and your focus. It's a pleasure okay. to serve you. It makes me so happy to be of service to you. I'm so honored that you chose me to, to be of service to you. That makes me really happy. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay. And thanks, Kair, for hosting you on your show. Okay. Y'all take care. Okay. Good All right. I love you, baby. It's awesome, baby! Call it from the 404-386. Call it from the 384. I'm sorry, 404-386. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name, please, and where you're calling from? Janine, I'm calling from Atlanta. Hi, Janine. Hi, how's everybody doing? Everyone is phenomenal, Janine. How are you, my love? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? I'm doing great. I'm honored that um, I actually got through, um, and I just wanted to say you guys have been having an awesome show. Um, I actually had to put you guys on speaker to let some of my girlfriends listen to what was going on. They're just like, oh, my God, I, I, I need this in my life. So I do, too, and so that's why I've called in because I've been going through um, some major transition in my life over the past couple years and just um, – I've been experiencing a lot of uh, business uh, triumph, and um, I'm a fashion designer and artist, but I also have this philanthropic side to me that always wants to help people, which has put me in a place of not being um, not being of service to myself in enough ways where when people have asked me, can you do this for me, I'm usually always yes, 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 and um, right, and you know, and you do know. You, okay, sorry. Hold on a second. Can you go meditate, please? Thank you. Sorry, it's my chihuahua. No worries. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, all right. So, do you know why you do that? You know what? I have. Um, I've seen a lot of what we call suffering in my life. Um, yes, and, you have. And it's it's so funny to me because. I've always looked at the suffering that I've experienced, and I've said, you know, and, I, and I've said this recently to my friends, you know, don't cry for me. Please don't cry for me, because I feel like everything that I've experienced has allowed me to be stronger um, and be able to share some of the things that I've, I've experienced with other people who have either been downtrodden, who've experienced trauma. And so, you know, I'm glad that I've experienced a lot of the things that made me who I am today. But at the same time, I do realize that when you have experienced certain things and trauma, that it's like a scar if you allow it to be. And so I, I realize that I've experienced so many things, and I'm like, wow, you know what? Some of the stuff, i got to tweak this stuff out. Um, I don't feel like I've been uh, beaten up. or I don't, I don't, and, and I could actually say that um, compared to what people have said to me. You know, gosh, oh, my God, I can't believe that you've been through that. I'm like, you know what, this has made me who I am today, and I'm proud of who I am. I'm able to walk strong and tall and still smile, you know, and, and know that, yeah, I have this strength, but at the same time, 
I'm still a woman. I still want to be soft. I still want to be, you know, um, passionate and compassionate, empathetic, sympathetic. I want to still be this person without experiencing in my relationship the um, the uh, platform of where a man would say, oh, my gosh, you're so hard. You're so strong. It's like, no, let me be a woman. Let me let me be the one in the relationship that's going to be able to be the woman and let me do the womanly things. I don't mind, you know, being being spoken to and, and knowing when to be quiet and, and knowing, like, hey, listen, you know what, let me take care of the house. You know, and, you know, even in my business, it's like, okay, I have this, this edge to me because I try to be straight business, but I'm going to use the word backfiring. <laughs> Um, okay, but, but let's talk about let's talk about let's 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 okay. So let's let's, let's stop for a second, okay? Because mm-hmm. your guys have information that I need to share with you. Okay. And what I'm going to ask you this question is, what do you feel like when you have um, emotional outbursts? Uh, well, I've only had a few actually. Um, what do I feel like? I feel like um, I don't know. I just feel free. I guess, like you know, and, and it's it's funny because I don't necessarily um, like to show a side of me where I, I would say it takes me out of my center, where I feel balanced. I don't I don't necessarily like that place um, because I've tried to I guess keep it under okay, control so because I find let's, it emotional. Let's, 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 Okay, so let's let's take it even further. How often do you find yourself getting upset? Um, not very often at all. Okay, um, and and you know what's interesting about all that? I don't know. I hope you'll tell me. Uh, <laughs> of course, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you're so odd, darling. I love it. Um, the, what's interesting about that is that you're really upset. Oh, really? Oh, yes. You're not only upset, but the part of your being that's had enough of your people pleasing, it's getting up. It's it's had enough. Hmm. Because if you I ask, would, I will agree with that. Question, because that, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say um, I literally, I literally moved from Atlanta to California to get away from some of my clients, some of the people who were always asking me for things. And I was just like, you know what? You guys have been pretty much handing me your behinds to kiss, and I'm tired of it. You're either gonna love, you're gonna right, love what it is they, that I but do. They, but, but they did that on purpose, you see, because that's what you asked them to do. Because see, you feel better every time you're going outside of yourself to do that. Because you can't stand you 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 look at people suffering, and instead of you choosing to stand on the stage and let the spotlight shine on you and be comfortable in that space, you're comfortable being in a position where you're allowing yourself to constantly people please everyone to make them feel better because you feel uncomfortable for having the gifts and the powers and the things that you've created for yourself. You ain't right. <laughs> you ain't right. Okay, I got it. Okay. You see what and you see what you see what you're doing. Yeah, and you know so what? So these people I are coming I in because you that. asked them to. You know what? I guess you know what? It's so funny you said it because I have been put in many situations in the past few years with 
celebrity clients. I've been on television. I've been on radio shows. And mag- I mean, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. And you know what? I know I deserve it. I've worked my butt off to get what it is that, you know, I've, I've got good stuff. Um, yeah. But what I, but what I want to do right now with my life is actually take that and profit with it so that I can help other people. You know, if I don't have enough money in my pocket, how can I really reach out and help someone else? So um, I have to get to a balance, more so in my business, where I'm focusing on, okay, where's my price at, keeping it there, not letting anybody jew me down, uh, and allowing myself to say, you know what, yeah, but why no not? One can, okay, but no one can jew you down. Okay, so let's get clear, okay? Right. You okay. jew yourself down. You lower your bar and your, what, you des- what you feel you deserve. You go into these places because you feel uncomfortable asking for what, what for asking and, and, and also honoring what it is you are because you feel sorry for people. You feel so sorry for people that you're willing to say, well, you know what, I'm just going to kind of like, um, what, what do you need? Oh, what time are you calling me? Oh, what do you need right now? Oh, I know I have this other thing I'm supposed to be doing, but you know what, let me just focus on you right now. Let me, let me, let me help you with this situation. And the thing is, it keeps coming and coming. It doesn't matter where you move. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you go. You're going to keep creating it until you learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. And the lesson is you don't owe anybody anything. Can you say that? I don't know anybody anything. Yeah. That's right. Right. Right? Because you fill up your vessel, right, and your vessel gets filled to the very brim and whatever what comes on the overflow, that's what you give away. Okay. You you can't keep you you, you see what I'm saying? It's like you got oh, you, you you're you're being uncomfortable being in the spotlight. You you have it. It's almost it's almost like you're. It's, let me let me put it to you in a, a met, and let me give you a metaphor about it. You're standing on stage, Ooh. and you have all these people looking at you, and some of them are haters, and some of them are people who are just like, wow, look at who, look at what you who you are, what you created, and you're standing up there being like. I know, but I worked so hard for it. That's why I deserve it. Be like, wait, you know what? I, okay, I you know what? I'll help, I'll help you, and I'll help you, and I'll do, oh, you know what? Okay, 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 okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to lower myself right now because I know it's making you all feel uncomfortable for being so powerful and so great. Boo yow. Okay. Boo yow. Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now... <laughs> Understand what I'm saying here. That was like okay. a cut to my throat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm a shaman. I'm sorry. It. I have no other ways to do things no, other than just to give. We have. I mean, I love you so much. Why would I tell you something that isn't serving your highest good? Okay. That's that's how shamans okay. operate. We love you so much that when you love someone, you're not afraid to tell them what needs to be told to them so they can move forward. Man. I'm about to put my running shoes on, okay? <sighs> okay, so the thing is, is that you, my love, you have to be comfortable being great and being okay and recognizing the true understanding of the service you're providing by maintaining yourself in that energy. Yeah. You're not helping anybody by playing small because it makes them uncomfortable. You have to understand that source, God put them there to be uncomfortable. Okay. They're meant to be there. To be, every time when you're around people who are like, oh, wow, or look at you, look at how amazing, oh, my, you know, be like, yes, 
Thank you. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And you just honor that. <laughs> okay. Right? And then these people, what happens is, because I always tell people haters are lovers in disguise, really, because if, if they weren't, why are they all in your business? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and it's like, it's like you know, I, I, the way I look at it is that you're making transformation just by standing in your truth. The people who are watching you and you don't, the ones that you feel like you have to jump off your jump, – jump down into the, and wherever they are and pull them out of the mud. You're not supposed to leave the temple. You see someone playing down in the mud. You're not supposed to walk from those steps. That's what, that's what I was trying to explain to Kair earlier when I was saying, like, oh. where, you know, he gets upset. His feathers get ruffled when, when people aren't doing the things that he thinks they should be doing because of the love that he has for them. Because his love is so deep, it makes him angry. You see? Mm, yeah. So, you, you, okay, you see what I'm saying, right? I do. So it's like when someone's cursing and yelling at me, I, it's okay because I'm, I'm staying in the temple. I'm the shaman. I'm not supposed to roll down in the mud with you and think that I'm helping you by rolling in the mud with you. Word. I'm going to stay in that my is. temple, and I'm going to say to you, I'm glad you're getting all that stuff up. Okay, good, all right. Yeah, but I'm not going to let, I'm not going to go into the mud with you just because I'm going to go in there because that's the way I think I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you by staying in this place because the people are going to be like, well, why aren't you coming down in the mud with me? Because there's no need for me to be in the mud. Why are you in the mud? Why don't you come where I am? It makes so much more sense right now because I'm seeing myself and visualizing myself in this queenly garment and all of my bling and my cute shoes. And, <laughs> yeah, why should I get dirty anymore? I've been through that. Yeah, why are you getting dirty? And why are you, and why are you choosing to, to, take a low, uh, to, to lower your value of what you are, right, because let me tell you something, and I'm going to put it to you like this, and I say this to all my friends who are healers and all my friends who are out there who, who to do this service and they get their exchanges for, for wealth, um, for money, as an exchange for what their energy they're putting out because we all, unfortunately, we're not living at the time where Christ, where people invite us to the house and give us food and baskets of apples and, and stuff so that we can survive. Right. I mean, we're living in a, in, a, in a world where we have bills and things, you know, and so forth. Sure. So we have to put value on the things that we, to who we are and what we create. And when we lower our value for another person, we are basically saying that we don't even value that person to be able to pay or create what is necessary for them to get the exchange of what, what they're asking for to get the whatever it is that they're, they're seeking. Right. And on top of that, we are also demonstrating that we ourselves are not honoring the truth which is present, which is you don't see someone go to a store and buy something and tell the store, I want to buy this dress, and the dress is for, let's say, $98, and they go up to the person at Neiman Marcus and say, um, I, I like this dress, but I was wondering if you can give it to me for 45 Right. They'll be like, I'm sorry, but that's the price tag. What, what are you talking about? Right. No, they buy whatever is on that price tag. You see a brother, he's going to buy the shoes of 400 bucks. He's going to save his money and get those 400 bucks shoes. Why? Because he has value in those shoes. He wants those shoes. Okay? Right. So what's different from, a, per, from a, a person, you're going to a person and saying, oh, well, you know, I want you to lower your value. Why? Because you didn't, you didn't ask for the person to lower the value when you bought those shoes or you bought that watch or you bought that car or you bought the things that you have. Right Do you think because that. I'm a human being that you can bargain with me? That's not right. That's right. not coming from the highest level of truth. And if you and if you represent truth, which I know you do, 
then you have to hold people accountable. And the only way you can hold people accountable is not walking from your throne. Got it. You can't get in that mud, baby. But your feet don't even touch that mud. That's why Got people it. will try to it's people will try to say baby. things to me and yell at me. You know, I get I get people. I get a lot of times I get invited when I was in, living in in Muslim countries, and I get like you know very in, very intense you know Muslim men yelling at me and trying to tell me what they what I doing and all this kind of stuff and what they feel based on the Quran and all this kind of stuff and. I just look at them, and I'm like, well, obviously some part of your being doesn't obviously believe what you're saying because why are you yelling and cursing at me and getting upset? But I'm sitting here just giving you love and demonstrating love. Do you want to stay in that energy, or do you want to, do you want to be here in this place of calmness and this place of love and this place of just beingness? You have nothing to prove. You don't have to prove anything to me. I respect, you know, I even came, I mean, living in your country right now, getting on the mat and bowing down to Mecca and experiencing getting up at 4 o'clock every morning when the loudspeaker goes on and experiencing all of the things that your culture is about. So you don't have to get in my face and try to make me feel, try to, like, you think you're going to make me feel indifferent about who I am because you're uncomfortable with me being who I am. I am who I am. If it makes you uncomfortable, that's your own personal issue. I still love you. And I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. I'm not going to, get, I'm not going to clean, leave my temple and walk down the stairs from my temple down into the muck, down into the mud, because that's where you want to play. I'm hmm. just going to stay right here and beam love. That's why I tell people, you don't have angels, and you don't have guides, and you don't have masters. And a matter of fact... That's why I even tell people who say to me, when I hear my friends, you know, say to me and my friends who are very religious and they say to me, and God is an angry God. I said, you have a lot of nerve to think that. <laughs> God is an angry God. Really? So you mean to tell me God has lack? Mm-hmm. But isn't the first scripture in the Bible talk about the book of Genesis and it talks about God being an alpha and omega and omnipresent and omnipotent? There's no lack in that. So how could God be angry unless you're giving God emotions when it means that God emotions must be lack? That means that you're basically saying that God's walking away from the temple to get in the mud? I don't think so. From my perspective well, I... and from a shamanic perspective, God is whole. And God don't leave his temple. The sword doesn't leave so the much. temple of love. So what did you say? Oh, I was saying thank you so much. I was just glad that you all were able to take my call. I know it's getting late. I think um, I just want to thank you for, for that. Absolutely, of course. And thank you, Claire, for having me on the show. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thank you. I'm a servant as well. It's awesome, baby. It's awesome, baby. And the hits just keep on coming. As a program director, this is the time when Shaman Derek, he's having so much fun because he doesn't have to watch the clock. He just, I just have, this is, this is how I treat my guests. Me, Casa, Sue Casa, he just got his feet up all on my coffee table. He's having a good time. But I got to get at least one more person <laughs> in, and we have five minutes only. Like, it's going to cut itself oh, no. off. So I want to let this last person come in. Um, everybody right now, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to channel their energy, and they're saying, can Derek come back? Can Shaman Derek come back? Can Shaman Derek come back? Please, please, please. So, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, I will do my best to see when the brother can fit us back in on his schedule. He travels, like, ex- uh, extensively all the time, 
and when he can, I want him back too. I mean, that's just that's just the that's just the nitty gritty of it. But for tonight, Blog Talk says you got three more, you got five more minutes. So I want to try to get at least one more caller in. But uh, Shaman Dirk, I do want you to know that Kaye loves you. You know what I'm saying? From my protective, hold you in my mouth like a Saint Bernard bone. Love you too. I love you compassionately to be who you are. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> but I also, I mean, that's just me, and everybody knows it. You know what I'm saying? You mess with somebody I love. Oh, of course, I know who you. I know. I get it. They're really putting their life at risk. So leave, leave, leave my man Shaman Derek alone. I mean, he walks in, he walks fearlessly, but still, I am sitting up in the tree, making sure nobody bothers him as well. So. Because I got some people sit up in my tree and they watch and make sure nobody bothers me. So I just pay it forward. That's just how I do. Um, That's right. Hit the brother up, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Hit the website and let me open up the line one more again. From I got another caller from New York calling on the Skype. This is um, this is a this is a, a number Swami. How you doing tonight? I'm fine. How are you guys? Hello. Hi. Uh, my name is Natasha, and, like, I've just, like, loved everything I've heard. Pretty much every reading has resonated with me, you know, different things that you have said. Um, the only thing that I just wanted to know is just, like, was there any messages from any of my guys that they had for me? Okay. Natasha. Yes, that's right, the name. Am I correct? Natasha, is that what you said? Hello? Hello? Can you hear can me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm thinking, sir. Okay. <laughs> Hold on one second. Let me just talk to your guys one second. Okay, so your guys are saying that this is a time for you to clear out anything in your life that is making you uncomfortable. This is about... Not And when we say clearing out, we don't mean like cutting the cords. We just mean like reassociating your relationships and really getting into a place where you are looking at what it is within those things that are making you uncomfortable, what is making you uncomfortable in those situations. So what you're clearing out is everything that you're holding on to inside of yourself that is coming to the surface that is not a true belief or, 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 or coming from the highest level of your belief system, okay? Um, they also said that there is a lot of judgment that you're still holding on to and that there's this part of your mind that is still stuck in judgment. And I wanted to ask you some questions about that. Um, have you noticed yourself in this judgment that's in there? Yes. And what... How do you, I mean, what do you feel about it? Like, what are your thoughts about it? Uh, I find that it prevents me from, like, going forward. And as I'm trying to, like, deal with it, it seems to kind of just come back in, like, a world of resistance. So I'm trying to find ways to, like, let it go and be able to breathe and move forward. Um, but, uh, okay, because so, the thing is, is that this judgment that you, that that is, that you're, breathing and moving forward is is a part of your being that doesn't want to let it go. And the part of your being that doesn't want to let it go is because it's upset inside and it feels like you haven't really identified with why you're upset. 
and the upsetness is because you felt like you've been given a lot of promises and things haven't been fulfilled the way you wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. Natasha, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I definitely, I definitely feel that. So there, you know, the thing is, is that there's this whole, this whole kind of like very, very dualistic uh, point of view of the world. You know, you're stuck in a, what we call um, a duality. And duality is that you have this very strong idea of what's right, 